What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Middlecoff! Hey, B! Hey, B! Hard Knocks! We are uh, recording this on a Wednesday morning after... Uh, I actually watch Hard Knocks live on Tuesday night, which I never do. 10, That's 10 late, PM. guys. That's that late. is late. I'm like, it's just 30 yeah. minutes, right? Nope. Well, it actually turned out to be what? Like 48? <laughs> they didn't quite have enough uh, juice to fill the hole. Well, when hour. they started doing the Autumn Wind is a Raider... When they started doing... Or not... Uh, a what is it? A pirate. When they started yeah. doing the autumn wind at like, I looked at the clock and it was like 10.42. And I'm like, wait a second. Are they winding this thing down? Yeah, they were. <laughs> they had some uh, limited inventory, which I'm sure we'll dive uh, all into. Yeah, I, I actually, talk about. I went old school guy and I guess there's a channel. I didn't even really quite realize it till maybe six months ago, yeah. but the HBO channel, the non-HD that's in East Coast time. Yep. Yeah, 5.50 on Comcast. That's how I consumed it. And given... We'll talk about the episode. Wasn't great. You know, I wasn't that bothered by it and get in HD. Because okay. I usually can watch nothing in HD. Yeah, yeah. Or nothing not in HD. A couple times I've been on the 550 for like, uh, you know, like a true detective I couldn't wait for. Yeah. Um, on a Sunday, and that's just like... That that 10 o'clock time on a school night for me is tough. Total, dude, I'm yeah. with you. I like I being you. Uh, in bed by at latest 10. Uh, absolutely. Big on the uh, circadian rhythm. I tell you, get up yeah. early and, and do a good pod. One hundred percent. We got a lot of stuff on this podcast. Um, I went to bed with takes, guy, and I tried. Well, to I, just I was making them. a list on watching Hard Knocks as we went, uh, and I'm coming for all every single person that said it sucked. No, uh, I think we disagree a little bit. Yeah, though, we do. On this. We do. Okay, uh, but we. It's like you got everybody. Like I saw Kawakami was everybody. Jeff Schwartz. Everybody's been ripping it. There's only one take to be had, guy. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Ease.com and EaseWellness.com. By, oh, by the way, because I know you were in bed by this, you didn't happen to see the video of Rich Aurelia yesterday on uh, Giants postgame. I, I did not, know. I ran into our boy uh, uh, Dave Feldman, who uh, maybe may have thrown out an invitation to the Cow Club, John, um, uh, to play a little golf. But 
post game, maybe it was I think it was a post game clip. You know, they're out at eighteen. They're out at Oracle Park outside. They're standing. You know how the fans are all around them. Some guy it never gets it never gets normal calling that thing Oracle Park. So some guy who appears to be I I couldn't quite tell in a Dodger beanie just goes with an exhale and just covers Rich Aurelia in smoke. Just, I mean, yeah. just and they played they played the clip like nine times in a row of Richie just like turning around, kind of pissed off, like what the you know he had that face, like what the fuck just hit me? Turns around all mad. Uh, it was. It's actually. I, I laughed out loud. It was pretty. Was funny. it a jewel or was it? They, you couldn't tell what it was, and you couldn't yeah. see because the guy's face was obscured. You just saw Richie just get. And Did he just, make a funny comment? Well, he made a face like he was pissed, and then he turned to the guy and kind of said something like, "Don't you do that to me?" Like the guy had done it on purpose, you know, like that mess yeah. with him. Anyway, uh, outside Lance is coming, John. It is. We, we. I get a lot of texts. A lot of. D- I mean, text DMs. Uh, people hit me up on Twitter. They are going. They want to know if we're going. I said Haberman's probably going. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to be able to make it. Saturday. Outside lands. But if I was going to outside lands, I'd definitely go to Grasslands because our favorite partners at Ease.com, promo code HAM, and EaseWellness.com for CBD, promo code HAM, putting this bad boy on. If you're you know partnering up with outside lands, they're in there. If you're not going to outside lands and you just want – some ease.com delivered. You live in California, they'll deliver it to your house over 50 bucks. You get $20 off, you know, potentially free delivery given where you live. Again, promo code HAM. Ease Wellness. You like your CBD, your drops, your uppers, your sleep aids, your creams, your lotions, your doggy treats. They got it all. EaseWellness.com, promo code HAM, guy. EaseWellness.com, promo code HAM. Uh, they've got festival, uh, music festival deals going on right now, uh, I think leading into Friday to get you ready. And if you go to the Ease Instagram page or to the Ease Twitter page, um, you can enter to win VIP tickets to Outside Lands, which is pretty great. So we're not eligible, John, but no, that's fine. So what time, I get what my time tickets the day they come out. What time are you headed there on Friday, you think? Like in that day? Uh, no, it'll be a Saturday visit for me, John. Uh, Saturday, I've got a, a, a empty potato sack. I'm going to be wearing. I cut the hole out of the top. That'll be fun. Luckily, I manscaped, so I'll get a good breeze. Yeah, we got a new sponsor coming up next week, <laughs> but we wanted to give them a little love right now because we just got care packages. Oh yes, I right, go to manscaped.com. Also, promo code <laughs> ham twenty dollars off. Uh, we're giving you a little. This is the early. Uh, you know, we're giving you a little just early taster here. I can't Don't wait to do word. a full body shave, guy. <laughs> How much cool stuff's in the care package? Uh, you mean like the uh, ball deodorant, anti-chafing ball deodorant they sent me? I, I can't. I'm going to do a fresh shave either today or tomorrow, depending on how my day kind of shapes out. And I can't wait to put some of that stuff on, guy. That, that's, is there any better feeling? Especially, you know, some of those back hairs you can go behind. The, you, you can get all over the yeah. place. Once you put, I, when you I, put I the vacuum the cleaner away. And I was with Papa and Lund yesterday shooting the shit at Niner practice. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you should get Manscaped. I'm like, should. I already got them. They're coming on next week. Because <laughs> that, that, Lund, I stole them from you. Uh, so manscaped.com, promo code HAM, 20% off. They sent, uh, Go check it out. They sent t-shirts, underwear. Got some cool got shit. I, I'm not, like my nose hair in here. I'm not just saying it, but uh, have you ever pulled out your nose hairs, the pain? Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, <laughs> um at times have battled that habit it's uh what, what, doesn't hurt how, like every once in a while how is an old, i've heard john that it's really risky 
What do you mean? Well, that you can get an inf- like people have got like you run the risk of oh. like an infection that sends you to the hospital. So what are you supposed to do? Like trim them? Yeah, trim them. I guess. Yeah, scissors or maybe one of those little spinny ones. Because sometimes you look, you're like, I got, I got a hair hanging down to my yeah, lip. I got to yank it. this yeah, bad boy out. Got to cut it. Just cut it. I, I get the tweezers and I yank. Oh, you yank? And then, and then oh, you man. immediately. Oh, I yank. Yeah, and then you start crying. Yeah. I, it's just the, no matter how tough you are, water comes to your eye yep. when you when you yank. You got, go just, go John go scissors. It's just a, you, you've never yanked. Oh, I have. I'm telling you, go scissors. But I but I want. I don't want to have to. You want to feel alive? Manscape my nose, you know, in a week. You just want to feel. I'm looking for. You just want to feel. You want yeah. to feel alive. Feel fresh. <laughs> uh, all right, like, I can do this. I can do this. Approach like an NFL game. Yeah. Like uh, what's the guy's name? Ollie. I just want to play ball, man. Two minutes later, been cut. That's I, yeah. all right. Hard knocks, John. Let's dive into it. Hard knocks, episode one. Uh, Tuesday night, we both watched it. Everyone watched it. Everyone hated it. Uh, I didn't come out of it thinking it was great. I was a little surprised that the take was yours. Most, I mean, it seemed like everybody agreed with you. Potentially one of the worst episodes ever. State your case. Well, there, I don't think there's ever been a more hyped season, given who the head coach was. So going into it, whether the team sucks, whether the team is good, whether you have personalities on the team, whether you don't, I've been saying over and over, the episode is as strong as your head coach. And he's one of the more fascinating head coaches in NFL history. I, as I tweeted last night, if you had to do a comp for Gruden, he'd be like the offensive Parcells. He's just a walking soundbite, a better looking younger Parcells. He's just a walking soundbite. He's fucking nuts. He's just He gets up at 4 a.m. They didn't show any of that. And I, I thought they just missed the boat on him. Like, I, I didn't get enough him. I don't care about Jonathan Abrams. I don't care about Ali. I don't care about, give me a little Antonio Brown, Richie, and Carr. I, I get that. But it's just, clearly the Raiders, and this was made me nervous going in. Like, did John Gruden edit this? I don't necessarily know what he wastes his time on that. Now, is he telling them, like, get away from me in meetings and certain places? Maybe. Because I, I thought, one, it was just comp- it was really boring. And again, this is someone, Middlecoff, you're just a hater. I've been saying over and over on here, everywhere you look, I thought this had a chance to be the best season ever. So my expectations were sky high, like most people. And then to lay just an absolute egg in the first episode was, was really disappointing because I didn't feel I got Gruden. It was just fucking boring. And I, I just did not get enough Gruden, guy. I I, I I need more John. I want it basically like mic'd up with Gruden. And that's not what I got. I, yeah. I, 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 I think nervous. everybody's been pretty irrational about this with that take. I didn't like uh, to me, Hard Knocks has been neutered for as long as I can remember. Like it, it had this is what it's been for a long time. I, I'm not not that I was came away going like this was great. I didn't I felt like it was on par with what Hard Knocks has been since they stopped letting since coaches stopped letting everyone film them talking shit about their players. And I still think there's a chance that we get a little more of that from Gruden than we get from most coaches. Um, I, I was disappointed in the complete lack of Mike Mayock. Like, that was the one we thought we'd get. There were, like, Mayock was you, you I, I, two shots. He didn't say a word. He just chuckled well, at one point. I, don't you think it's fair that he's 100% told them, do not fucking film me at Yeah, all. leave me alone. This is Gruden's show, and he's fine with Gruden being the guy. Uh, but also, I'm a brand new GM. Like I, I'm not. Like, leave me alone. 
Like this isn't my style one, two, I'm brand yeah. new. Yeah. Um so but that said, I never felt like I think part of what they do in episode one is you gotta try and build some characters up. So like one of the crazier things that happened, it's not even crazy, but a guy getting cut that they liked. Luckily they had built him up a little bit and then boom he gets cut and that was a thing that Who? happened. The Ali guy, the uh, last chance you guy. See, I, I don't think they liked well, him. Well, like, whatever. The point is, they would not have cut him if he wasn't acting like a dipshit, and they had rightly built him up, and then he got cut when nobody thought anybody was getting cut. That's my point. But I, so that's but I they, saw, like, T- Ted Nguyen tweeted today, and I, I, I'd forgotten about this. Chris Warren, a guy that they liked last year, was also cut, and we got nothing out of it. And Gruden has said, like, a week ago, like, it was because he was fat and out of shape. So that a guy that they actually like, like Ali, to me, I get why they showed him because he was a last chance you. Right, like he's famous, right. and they even mentioned that. Like, I got that. I understand the production of it, but it was like, yeah, I'd rather. Now that was one of the better clips when Gruden's talking to the uh, equipment guy. Like, get a shit out of here, fucking send him home. Yes, like I, I, I liked it. I, but I need more of that. I did not get enough. Again, I need more Gruden. I, okay, the other people are putting fine. me to sleep. It's fine. But I, like to me, Gruden was not absent from this episode by any stretch. I, I think the only I felt th- like, yeah, he was I, the absent. I, yeah, I, I. You guy, you're a, you're, you're kind of on an island here. Well, I know, I, I know, and I and I don't quite get it. And again, I'm not even arguing it was great. I'm just saying this thing where it's like Gruden wasn't in it. I don't buy because I have not watched a full season of Hard Knocks. I don't know how long because it's been boring because you don't get guys talking shit. But I'm just saying it's also formulaic. Like you're gonna get players who nobody's heard of. They're gonna be some build up. You're going to get some attention on the stars. They got Carr. They got AB. I could do more AB, honestly. Um, well, I could do well. I, I could Tafer do no Rowe, more Jonathan Abram. They, I'll tell you that much. <clears throat> we'll get into him in a second. Vic Tafer has been tweeting. One thing Antonio did after he practiced and then stopped was tell them those guys to get the fuck away from him. So it's like, I think the problem is, is that this was forced on the Raiders as they clearly did not want to do this. And I don't think they're totally giving in, right? They're not just being loose with it. And Gruden and Mayock have all this power. And you and I have dealt with them before. Guys like Bedane are just so dumb when it comes to how things can look good. You, He's probably the one final editing it and or playing a part in it, trying to make it look, you know, it's just, I, 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 I just can't imagine Gruden's going over it with a fine tooth comb. No, he doesn't have time. I don't think he gives a shit either. You know, he, he just tell as long as there's but wait, not. Wait, like, what does that have to do with it? Like again, I'm just saying this matched what Hard Knocks usually has been by and large lately. Yeah, but you, but I'm saying the team gets to edit it, and I, I I'm saying my point is that I don't even think Mike and John they just tell him you can't do this, and they, they're not editing it. They got too much other stuff going on. Or in some t- like Hugh Jackson, I read did edit it last year or played a part. See, of it. I, yeah, like to me, edit. I'm curious what that means because I just don't think there's that much time. When I, for, when I say like edit, you can I don't say mean, like I don't want it. that in there. But yeah. I don't think you can re- – like, they, they just turn around. There's so much footage. They're turning around so fast. Yeah, maybe they probably do get to look at – you're right. They probably get to, like, look at the final cut before it goes to air and say, we don't want that. that that's what I'm talking okay, about. Gotcha. So if you're, in, if you're in a team meeting and you go, God, Derek was really shitty today. Because I, it just hit me last night. We know the strength of a hard knock is going to be on the coach. Why, to me, the last good season was Bill O'Brien because he was just – he was the main character. And Gruden, in theory, should be the main character. I didn't feel I got enough of the main character last night. Okay. 
Now, what people, I think, like about this show are two things. One, Coach is going nuts at practice. That sells. And you got, you're like, God, John Gruden's a nut at practice. We didn't really get much of that. Two, they like the personnel meetings where you're talking shit about players. Well, that's been wiped out. So now you're only dependent on coaches going nuts at practice. I almost felt like Gruden kind of lost his fastball. Well, before like, you get a couple on, times, we'll do that separately. We'll get to that. Because I'm just going to tell I'm gonna, I got a list, some things that happened that were entertaining. Uh, and to me, if there's like four or five things that were entertaining to you, it can't be the worst Hard Knocks episode of all time. You can say it's not good, but the worst episode of all time, but, that's right. That's because right I'm, I, I am basing it, Guy, on expectations. I understand. Like okay. If, if Michael Jordan in his prime this is scores not, 15 points, it's not the worst game ever, but relative to Michael Jordan, it might be the worst game ever. Okay, so. but, but, that's, but that's everyone else's fault for thinking this was going to be uh, the well, program. Well, that was my thing. I was the one banging the door. I thought this fucking thing was going to be great. I, couldn't, I was so excited last night, and I left furious. I'm like, that's fucking awful. It was, awful. It was And then fine. everyone normally that I even – I saw people that I agree with normally and disagree with normally. They're all like, this sucked. It's fucking boring as fuck. And I would tell them, go watch the last five years of Hard Knocks. But I think we knew, like, Hugh Jack, like, some of that stuff, like, we, we were prepared. Like, yeah, it's probably going to be a shitty season of Hard Knocks. All right. This one was like, God, this could be good. It, it, and it was fine. Okay, here we go. I'm just going to list some things. That, shitty. I'm going to list some things that happened. And the, you, James Jones talking about watching Matt Schaub practice. I thought that was unfair to Matt Schaub. Like, he didn't sign I, up so, to get <laughs> So I was watching that thinking, am I supposed to feel bad for Matt Schaub or just as part of the deal? Because I just imagined Matt Schaub sitting down to watch some hard knocks. And there's James Jones talking about how everybody around Matt Schaub thought he sucked. Which, that was the whole story. I mean, he did accurately portray the story with no cheap shots. I, 100%. It wasn't a cheap shot at all. It was just kind of factual. And I loved A.B. like filling in the blanks as the story went, even though A.B. didn't know the story. But to me, how just a re- how irrelevant that game, like in 2014, was to Antonio Brown, who was playing for the Steelers, when James Jones like we played Seattle, and he kind of pointed, and I could tell AB's like on this field, well, AB had like a joint practice. No, AB goes, AB and- goes, oh, they they wanted to win, and James was like, no, it was preseason. <laughs> I don't think Antonio even knew what he was talking about. He's like, yeah, we were trying to win a Super Bowl over in Pittsburgh, and he's like, oh yeah, and he threw three touchdowns. Like James, he actually threw four, but. And the, it was funny when he's like, me and Charles are on the bench. Like, you better get him out of there. It's going to be a problem. Well, that's what he was saying. After he threw three, it was like, we better get him out. He's like, Monday morning we had a meeting. That's the guy. Oh, that's the guy? That's the guy. It was fan- It was, It was. was fantastic. That, that was That was a good – I agree. That was a good That part. was good. I I'm have, not saying there wasn't a couple – there wasn't a couple I, I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to not scream about this thing the whole time. Uh, I wrote horse racing here. I don't know what that means. Oh, do you th- – like, if you're John Gruden – can you have your two first, two of your first round picks, not just, get, not just, not just sitting on horses, flying through vineyards on horses? Well, the one guy Abram raises horses. I, I think yeah, I know he did, but Cleveland, Cleveland Froll got his lesson today. Yeah, that's risky. That's risky. I, I also think that's part of hard knocks. Day off. I'm staying off. John, I'm staying off horses. Get no horses. Yeah. I would imagine they told no more horses. No horses. Cle- now, I know, again, John Abram been on a horse, fine. But... N- Not been on it. He raised him. Okay, whatever. I don't care. That's risky. I, I don't I, care. Well, guy, what do you think... This isn't your horse. It's some random horse. I mean, not not everyone's just in their room playing video games. All well, I, just don't... Just stay off horses. Go drink all the wine you want. Stay off horses. Okay. That was crazy. All right, all right. That was legitimately crazy. 
I'd honestly okay. rather you be in a hot air balloon than ride a horse for the first time in your life and have him run through a vineyard. I think you're underestimating how much these guys fuck around. I'm just saying, nah, when I, I sign a contract, if I knew I had to put no horse riding in the contract, I would put no horse riding in the contract. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Clinton Farrell got his first lesson today, and then he ran yeah, a horse, risky. and the horse started running. See, Joe, I, 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 sat, I must have been on my phone or whatever. I wasn't even locked into that. Because right away, I'm like, How this, can you this, review this if you didn't even watch it? All right, next thing up. Because like these, uh, that was the worst part of Hard Knocks, that scene. Oh, my God. Uh, Jonathan Abram at, at, at lunch with Derek Carr. Cringeworthy. Thank perfect word. Cringe. I, I I need less Jonathan Abram. Like I, I got twelve a more years. It's Jonathan Abram. Million. I, I I need him to tone it. Salmon. Down. Salmon. 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 Derek's like, uh, yeah, okay. Is there a chance some people that are in his life that can be real to him? Maybe some teammates in Mississippi State or whatever text him today, like, bro, you you were acting a fool, like kind of ripping him. Hopefully he tones it down because that I thought he was embarrassing the whole time. Well, the the real. thing about the thing his interaction with Gruden we'll get to later. That's a real thing. This thing was just we, was just weird. I didn't. Yeah. Derek well, I was like uncomfortable. I don't, I, I, and I don't I thought Rasillo had a good quote. He's like, "Is the fake acting in this thing on all time high? Like it's, it was out of control, and it was mainly him. It was, like, can you just just be normal, bro? All right, as you said to me, but I, I made a note of this, but not on this level. Richie Incognito with no use of his fingers meeting Antonio Brown as organized by John Gruden. That was funny. The the Ray Donovan in the background, just describing Richie, and they, they did kind of like a flyover Richie, yeah. and they just describing it simply, Richie Incognito, with a troubled past, but has worked on his life, yeah. and, and and he dropped like had been out of the league a year, like it was like yeah. it was just kind of normal, yeah. like he had been battling an injury. Like he thought or maybe I'll retire from the Bills, and then they kind of skimmed over. And you're right, because I'm like, I don't. They don't have much to go off, clearly. Like, th- there aren't that many great personalities. If AB's MIA, if Mayock won't talk to him. Like, Richie is a guy that they could ride half an episode on. Or not half an but you know, like, do a segment on. And it would probably be a little ugly. Now, you're right, did the NFL, and obviously the Raiders don't want that. But that is, like, he tried to fucking shoot up a funeral home 12 months ago. The Bills like, wouldn't let him. The Bills had heightened security when he left. As, uh, as Alyssa, my You're right, said, they're, they're not, they're not going to touch that. Because it is pretty ugly, right? Not on this show. They don't, they'd rather have guys riding horses than talking about guns. Uh, as uh, Alyssa said when they were hugging it out, oh, he seems nice. I was like, well, let me tell you a little, give you a little more background. She was like, oh, that he does. She was like, oh, he she goes, big, big teddy bear. She goes, oh, the guy that ripped the phone out of his grandma's wall. Uh, the John Madden thing was fantastic. I saw, I, I hadn't even thought of this. I saw that Kawakami tweeted, did they really want us to think that it's the same seven man sled that Madden was on? I didn't see. I, I thought that old one just. I thought the editing was great, and Madden saying anyone that's ever played offensive line in their life. Sh- Anyone that's ever played offensive line should have their own seven-man sled for life. That was cool. I, I, I thought the entire John Madden segment was easily the best part. And it made you realize, like, what a, like this guy was the fucking man. Now, would social media have turned on him? Because, like, the analytics are like, he's not even, he's not even right! Running the ball in third, what, what? And, yeah, and I would have fucking gone to war with PFF. John Madden is just... It made me happy hearing his voice. You realize, guy, that was almost 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and he was pretty old then. It's pretty crazy he's still around. I mean, he looked old in 2000. 
but I miss him. I mean, that what just a universally unique personality. Like that voice, that just the passion, underrated part too. We use this to cure hangovers, and I think most people skip over that. I hope everyone realized he was serious as a heart attack. His team probably partied harder than like the 86 Mets. Like literally, they were curing a hangover for a team that every single person on the team was not sober. Like the, the, they even admit it. Like from Bolitnikov to Stabler to the to the whole crew, to the Atkinsons, to every human on the team was a raging party animal. Like you could argue they were the greatest party animal team right up there with the 86 Mets of all time, guy. It's, he was dead serious when he said it, and I think most people didn't even really acknowledge it. That no. hit home to me. Yeah, it's so great. You know what it reminded me of is I heard uh, Tom Tolbert telling a story of a guy that bunted on uh, uh, Nolan Ryan and Nolan hit him. And it's a hilarious <laughs> story, right? Hit him the next AB. Yeah. 98 in the ribs or whatever, right? And it's a funny story. And the Madden thing, it's a funny story. Yet, if somebody showed up to practice drunk today and it was reported, the same way when somebody gets hit intentionally in a baseball game, it's like, this is this is unacceptable. We cannot have this. You notice every story about somebody getting hit is fucking hilarious. And yet, when it actually happens in a game now, it's like, this is unacceptable. Anybody that's ever played the game, tells a story about when they got hit or when Nolan hit them or when they were afraid of getting hit. It's a funny story. And every story, every old guy you talk to that played and they drank and they did all this crazy shit and they were hungover. And get, like, everyone eats up David Wells. Did David Wells pitch a perfect game hungover? God forbid somebody actually be hungover in, like, in the modern moment of a timeline. It's the worst thing ever. Okay, let's say, let's use an example. Raiders probably be a bad example because it would go, it would be on hard knocks. But let's say it was the 49ers. They have a day off. They come back. They practice at ten o'clock. Alden, Alden, Jimmy, this. yeah, that's Jimmy, sad. yeah, that's Jimmy McGlinchey, Staley, R- Richburg, and Kittle. Like by about snap two, are like taking off their helmets, puking. Clearly, they're all fucked up. You know, like from the night before. Yeah, just white claw. And all the reporters are right there. White claw. Just all the reporters the are right there. Would it? Would it be a problem? Like, yeah. would it go viral yeah. that they were all wasted? Well, it would just be, no, it's just, there's a flu going through the locker room is what would happen. But I'm just saying, once it became, like, they all got wet, there were pictures of them the night yeah, before. Yeah, it would be, it would not, it would be treated as if it's not funny. That's right. You think so? Well, I mean, I'd laugh and you'd laugh. But I just mean, that story in the moment would be like, do we have a leadership problem? Because <laughs> I, I hope people realize, like, these guys are getting wasted. Now, not it's probably a little different now. I'd say the craziest part back then too. These guys were getting wasted, and then they had double days for three weeks straight. Or triple. because I was like Joe Staley, and I was texting with a buddy with the Bears. Khalil Max, the same thing. They get a vet day throughout the week. Well, if you get a vet day throughout the week, you also get the players' day off. So you get the day off that everyone gets, and then you get your own day off. So you only have. If a seven-day week and you're only practicing six of the seven days and you get one of your days off, you're really only practicing five days a week. You know, that's five total practices. Think about a double day. If you have two back-to-back double days, that's four practices in two days. Like, the, the relative amount of practices in 2019, like, I, I don't think those guys get enough respect how wasted people used to get and still function. Like, the stories about Montana and all these guys, like, they just functioned. You know, I mean, I, it's I, no different. Than like I, when I get hung over now, you just like battle through it. Uh, the uh, the last thing, John, was uh, uh, Brenston Buckner. I like 
the D-line coach. They, they, he's new. And the show ends with uh, uh, Cleland Furl doing like a prayer. But then he starts making jokes during the prayer. And Branston Buckner goes, starts. He's, he calls him a Christian comedian. And he's like, is this how you acted when you were around Debo or Dabo? Or was Dabo just like all praise God? He just starts making fun of like the Dabo Clemson religion thing. He's like, but now you're here and now everything's funny. But there, I bet yeah. you didn't tell Christian jokes. You just did the prayer. Kind of kind of telling him, like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. You wouldn't have done that in Clemson in front of your guy. Right. So were you faking well, it there or are you faking it now? I, can I just give one overall takeaway and Raider fans are going to think I'm such a hater? I think this team's really bad. I, I, I think they have a chance. I've been saying six, seven wins. I'm thinking number one overall pick. <laughs> I, I think they could be terrible, guy. Because I don't even think they're just... They got too many guys kind of doing their own things. I got a text from a person in the league about midway through Hard Knocks when, when Jonathan was not listening to to Gruden being as a rookie. Like, hey, hey Jonathan, have you Googled what? who's in charge here? And then and then even when Gruden was talking to, like, Vontez and some of those other guys who were being more, more cordial about it, right? But they were just trying to set the tone. Like the text I simply got was, "This is a team full of fucking renegades." And when you have a team full of renegades, now they do have some talent, but usually that shit fractures. You know, like they go their own way if you lose a couple games. It's cool when you're winning, but this shit worked. Like for Madden, they had a team of renegades, but they also turned out to be. You could have a team of renegades if it's like. Ken Stabler, Cliff yeah, Branch, that's, Willie Brown. See, the word, I mean, to j- me, I don't like renegades because rene- like, renegades, renegades who don't win like are just dipshits. Yeah, yeah, that's re- – renegades like Lawrence Taylor was a renegade. Yeah, you get right? – like, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, Dennis Rodman you're a, was a To renegade. me, renegades accomplish shit. Yeah, man. Just slappies. Now, I, mean, I did, like I did think the scene where, where Gruden's like – he's like, there's another league, 800 bucks a week. You can go play there if you want to hit people. That was a good line. 800 bucks a week. And what, whoever that was, not Vontez. Somebody's like, no, nah, I'm good, coach. But to me, that did John, did John did Abram call him coach at any point during that conversation? Okay, coach, I got you. Like, he didn't know when to stop. And this is, like, you know what I was thinking watching that is, like, this is why John Gruden likes veterans. And it's a problem because you can't build your whole team on vets. Like, you need talented guys that aren't very expensive. So you've got to be able to coach that guy. Right? Here's the text I got. They don't give a fuck about character. I think that's a better way to describe it than the Renegades. And when I say character, I just mean... Like, your takeaway is... Like, football character is what you're talking about. If if Gruden told Derek, hey, I, I need you to go... Uh, I need you to run to downtown Napa and grab me something. What would Derek do? He'd do it. He would do it. You know? What would... And this is what... Honestly, AB back might on the do Raiders, it, who, what? AB might do it. I actually think AB's going to try. Yeah. Like, AB... We'll get there. But... Him, but. I, but I also got a text that would be like, do you notice AB's kind of going to do his own thing? Like his trainer's on the field. Like he's well, he's <laughs> operating a little differently, guy. Yeah. I, a, the, the, the trainer's standing next to Gruden. I was like, Gruden's got to be thinking, what is this guy doing right here? Well, and it's just like, I, I think Gruden, can we dive into Gruden here for a second? Yeah, no, we already <clears throat> I already considered this the beginning of it when you started talking about Jonathan uh, Abram. I, I think, and I would imagine his bank account with nine figures in it. <laughs> I'm not even talking about this year, so he's got nine years left, so about probably $85 million left coming to him. 
He's already so goddamn rich now. I, I, I can't imagine being that rich. I mean, aspire to have that much money, but I mean, it's hard to it's hard to make a hundred million dollars in a life. Yeah, I mean, even good businessmen don't. That you just naturally get a little softer, more than likely, especially when you've been away from it. And I, I kind of watch him think he's lost his fastball a little bit, and he's being because when I compared him to like the younger, good-looking Parcells. He hung his hat on being kind of an asshole in a, in a in an offensive way. Like Parcells was a true dick, Gruden was just nuts, and you know Jeff Schwartz quoted my tweet and be like, "Well, you can't really act like that anymore." I disagree a little bit. I I think you can hold guys to really hard standards. Maybe you can't be as big of a dick as he was maybe in like 1999, but I think he was going over the top. He's trying to be really nice to guys. And going out of his way to be just like a good guy to their family in that one that one family day he went around like it was pretty funny when he's like God Renfro, you know he's making fun of Renfro. Is that a cute wife? That he's just talking to all their wives. I think Gruden's trying to be like a, the ultimate package here, but at his core guy he was a nut. And whether money made him soft, like that Jonathan Abrams when Jonathan Abrams was telling no him S. like coach Jonathan Abram was telling him. It's got it's at college football and definitely in the NFL. The most basic part of any practice without pads is you do not take anyone to the ground. It's not a machismo thing. It's not a tough guy thing. It's about just a way to efficiently practice. And hey, hey Jonathan, all these mother this isn't the SEC where ten of your players get paid on a team now. Everyone's paid here. And that Luke Wilson, the guy with the long hair, you can make fun of him all you want. He's played on one of the best teams in the league for like the like last six years. The Seattle Seahawks. I don't know if you heard of him. He's not a pussy. So you throw him to the ground like he's not trying to block you. It's just it's a drill. And as and an old school Gruden and definitely Parcells would have said, "Listen, motherfucker, if you ever put him on the ground again, even if it's a lie because he's a first round rookie, like you ain't playing." You just said something. I, I thought, "Oh my god, Gruden's gonna go off here," and, like, and he just didn't. Yeah, it was I, crazy. and I wondered two things. Like one, would he have done it differently if the cameras weren't around? Like is that maybe, is that exact maybe. moment an example of why you don't want hard knocks? Um, and the other thing is like, did he lose his fastball or does he just throw ninety five? It's not a great analogy, but does he is he a guy that doesn't strike out in a world where everyone strikes out now? Like, can you just do, do, to Jeff Schwartz's point, that analogy didn't work either. But to Jeff Schwartz's point, does he just feel like I can't? My fastball doesn't apply in this game. Like that fastball doesn't apply in this game anymore. Just screaming at guys. But, and I would but that, say, and that, I would that's say a, maybe that's screaming ridiculous. less, but the Jonathan Abram moment deserved an ass-ripping. To me, that was an egregious error that this guy... Well, especially after he didn't get it. Like, it's one thing the first time, like, hey, man, we don't do that shit here. But then he just but, keeps fucking with you and fucking with you and fucking with you. But to me, like, I agree that we don't do that shit here. There's no chance that he did that shit with Dan Mullen at Mississippi State. This guy comes from the SEC... It's like basic football one-on-one. Probably it's not something though. that's a difference from the NFL for Mississippi State because they, they practice in shorts and T-shirts too there at certain times. So they, they would do the same thing, guy. It To me, it's Jonathan Abram acting like an idiot for the camera. And like you said, maybe it's tough. Like Gruden can talk to him one-on-one. But that's just, what the fuck are you doing? Really, in my scenario where you say something to him first, like that's where the whistle blows and you come running onto the field and start screaming at the guy the second okay, that that's, happens. That's something where Andy Reid would lose it. Because it's not about offense versus defense. It's like, th- th- what is going on? 
Like, get off the field. Get off the field. Right. That would be an easy one. Like, Bill O'Brien, young Gruden would have just said, get the fuck off. Get off the field. Because I got get the, off cause the Jonathan field. Abram walked away, and I, I still didn't think he got it. Well, I don't think he got it. Because you're not trying to prove yourself, man. You were a first-round pick. You're starting safety. You, you don't hurt our players. This, Like Gruden said, there, there's a time and a place. This ain't it. It's shorts and t-shirt throwing this guy to the ground. What, what are you doing? No one else is doing that. But then it kind of went over to Vontaze, and even Vontaze kind of felt like sided with Abram a little bit. It's like, oh, my God, this is going to be. And I'll be the first to say offensive guys. I can see these coaches think, you know, he's an offensive coach. He feels more like he's there, we, with the offensive guys. And the, but it's not even about that in this scenario. I, I just don't know if these guys are going to listen to him. I, I think Gruden's going to. You, you want to hear the ultimate hot take? I, I feel like Gruden's going to like just not be able to do this too long if people just don't listen to him. And especially with him trying to be nice. Now, maybe in like a year or two, he just says, fucking, I'm going to what I know and going old school. Right. But it, it felt like that was a moment where he wanted to take the boom mic that was probably over him and wrap it around Jonathan Aber, like with a baseball swing. Because that... That's just football one-on-one, egregious error. I, I can't even describe it to you. It'd be, I don't even know a parallel. It'd be like a, it'd be like a scrimmage in the NBA during training camp and you like clotheslining guys coming down the lane, you know, or something. It's just nuts. It's not, it's not even, no one does, like Ronnie Lott wouldn't do that. You know, it's, what, what are we doing here? But then for, the, to me, the, that might happen with a rookie. I, I do get like, an undrafted rookie or something doing something crazy. I, I never, I, I never discount the ability of like a guy trying to get noticed. But he, the guy was in there with the. They don't like. They don't like him calling me rook because he's a first round pick, and like Luke Wilson or not Luke Wilson, whatever Wilson's name is. It was kind of funny. Like you'll be getting it soon, yeah. young guy. Or pass, whatever. Come on. <laughs> like I was like, ah, he'll probably still hit you hard, but. Because uh, the guy can't hit. Yeah. I'm looking forward I, to that moment when somebody tries to give it to him. I just... I hope it's on film. I, I also think that Gruden's a little uncomfortable in a weird way. Like trying to coach with this, trying to do it the right way. And it kind of hit me when they're going to do this joint practice with the Rams. Is there a chance that he gets upstaged by well, yeah, this I, next Well, yeah. I don't episode? think, to me, people are going to be raving about McVay. Because <laughs> he's going to be it's a coming. huge part of it. It's already clear. Big time. How about their mannerisms when they kind of power them up? That was pretty good. Be like, blow the horn. He'd be like, blow the horn. Like, they, they'd be like, like turn up the music. Turn off the music, Barry. I'm like, <laughs> give me some tunes. Play some good. You got like I was as big of a skeptic as you will ever find when he was originally hired. I couldn't be any more of the opposite now. I'm like, I love this guy. Do you have that feeling McVay? when you just see Sean McVay? Yeah. Yes. How do you not like? First, the guy? I was like, what's with his hair? Now it's like respect. Gruden's gonna locked in. I know. Uh, All right, AB John Antonio Brown. I can't get enough of him. Honestly, I could get a whole show that's just AB and his kid with his children. Um, Is there something pure about a four-year-old just not quite knowing what's going on? Yeah, like where's where's Roethlisberger? Is that what you mean? (laughs) (laughs) That you can't make that up. Even Antonio laughed. (laughs) That that was by far the highlight of the episode for me. Because <laughs> I do think it's very pure and genuine. The kid's legitimately asking, yeah. "Where is Roethlisberger?" Right. 
He's how many times has that kid here just heard that name? Right. Over well, like, and over. he's been nice to him. He's probably said hi to him. He probably loves him. <laughs> you know, probably threw him the ball. D- is deep down like Antonio and people are tweeting to this like, is he gonna miss him? But you know, yeah. I, the Derek really, really quick before we get to Antonio. Uh, the Derek lubing up the arms a little much. Like, come on, bro. Come on. It's uh, it's sunscreen, John. He's a father. Come on. Um, so there was the report. Wednesday morning, I guess Rap Sheet said it's it's frostbite from the cryogenic uh, tank or whatever. Which somebody told me that Tuesday that there had been one reporter that had received a text from Gruden that said it's frostbite a few days did ago. Antonio, did Antonio come with a Donner party over the <laughs> training camp and uh, and the and then said he was joking? That's not. But uh, yeah, I don't. That's what I thought. It's like what the hell was he doing? But apparently. Could be a cryogenic theater, uh, uh, tank thing. I can see how, if you're the Raiders, you're mad at him. Like, to me, they, they have the right to be mad at him. When you see the video of this guy doesn't stop. Like, dude, you have to stop running routes that hurt. Stop running. It hurts your feet. I'm watching it hurt your feet. And they don't stop practicing, training. Like, he's got to stop. You have to stop. Stop running around, dude. I, I completely agree. But I think it's really hard for him because he kind of hangs his hat on just always grinding. Ride the bike. Yeah, I think he doesn't want to. Swim. I agree, you have to. But my takeaway was when they they kind of – I'm with you. I, you could just give me – if you told me the entire next three episodes are game action, like any good football action I'm in, football, you know, highlights and montages, I, I'm good. Antonio Brown and Gruden, I'm fucking good. I can't – I just want Antonio kind of being naive to shit and just shaking his head, pretending he understands stories that he clearly has no clue what's going on. I don't think people underestimate – quite can grasp how probably just out of the vernacular the Raiders are for Antonio Brown these last like six years of his career becoming a superstar. Like he just, you think they, they don't come up in the Steelers building, you know, he's playing in the biggest games going, their team's winning like three games a year. Like I, I don't think Raider fans understand how out of sight, out of mind, all these stories about their franchise, what they mean to that human. Nothing, not a goddamn thing. Cause in him, how many of those stories has he been hammered with for nine years with Pittsburgh, who they view themselves as much more of an equal, as a better than the Raiders, and they've been winning. Like, he's just, you're kind of getting this hired gun who kind of looks like he's moving from the penthouse, not to the outhouse, because to me, him, he got a raise, but it's a little different. Now, Napa's cool. I also think, guy, the takeaway for Antonio Brown is just the dude's in some pain. Like, you could tell. I, I don't think he's faking it or anything. Mm-hmm. Because you could see him kind of, you know, he would like grimace, you know, when he was working before training camp. And I was like, damn, he is. It was hurting him. I I think it was fucking with him. And then I think he laid off it for a couple days. He hot air ballooned. Then he went on an NFI and he didn't do anything for a couple days. And I think he thought he was fine, came to practice, eviscerated everybody. Who's 21, John? Just uh, Conley. Oh, yeah. He just destroyed people. Even the one play, he's like, I was rusty, and the thing bounced, and he still almost caught it on the triple bounce. Like, hey, guys, when he does start ramping up and is able to practice again, he's catching that Well, ball. to me, the move you don't ever, like, really see when you're watching a game was the one from behind Conley where he tries to jam him, and, like, before A.B.'s taken a step, he's done two jukes, and he just whiffs on the jam, and he just runs right by him. And he's gone. He's a baller. <laughs> like, you won't ever hear... Haber Middlecoff say a bad word of Antonio the player. Like he's you he's by far their best player. Right? I mean, do they even have anyone in his world? 
I mean, seriously, in his world. But does Conley that, is, you'd argue, is their best young player. Yeah, there's no shame in getting used and abused by AB. But even the play that he almost had the double catch, he jumps. Antonio's not tall. You know, he's like 5'10 and a half. He leaps over the corner, arms over him, hits the thing up to himself. Like, just that play, you could watch, go to 50 training camp practices all year. And if you didn't go to Houston to watch Hopkins as king of that move and not see the, anything close to that play. Usually you see guys like jump and then they fall midair. That was just an incredible balance control in the air focus. Well, that, They need him. John, that's where I am frustrated as someone who is going to watch all the Raiders games. Like, There's no reason for him to be out there and jeopardize potentially how he feels during the season. No, but I think he thought he was fine when he came back to practice, right? Clearly, but he clearly wasn't. No. So I don't know I, if they I, can't I, tell I, him to stop. I mean, maybe they, they obviously have told him to stop. You got to get his trainer to well, stop. Well, see, the, the text I was getting from the NBA or the NFL people feel like he's a little NBA player can kind of do whatever he wants. Because that's how he's always wanted to act in Pittsburgh. They don't really allow that. Soft Gruden is trying to be player friendly. Is kind of letting him do that guy. It is. Maybe I've been out of the league for a while, but I go to enough practices with the Niners to have a to have a player's personal trainer just midfield with the coach. That is not normal. That's not normal at all. That's very NBA ish. That's not an NFL thing. I'll go. I'll go deep, John. Deep conspiracy. What is wrong with his body that he needs to be in the cryogenic therapy tank so much that he got frostbite to begin with? Well, a lot of people use the cryo. What are we hiding? A lot, a lot of people use the cryo thing a lot. I don't know why are we going. Why is he? They, why is he they need. Himself? They need to. They, they need to get his feet right. I just know that they need to get his feet right. Yeah. But it's hard. You can tell Gruden like he's he, Gruden's worried about calling plays. Like Gruden wants to score points. Gruden needs him. It's yeah, not just Gruden, about like Gruden wants him back. They need him on the team. He's been one of the more durable players the last six years. He's missed four games, and one of them was because he threw a ball at Ben's face. I think he had a knee injury a couple years ago, but for the most part, he's been really healthy his entire career. So this is, one, it's got to be driving him nuts. Two, when you're not injured a lot, you don't know how to recover from it because you usually rush back. Yeah. That's, that's what Well, and feet, right, it's like if, if, you're, if you've got a hammy, they tell you just go 20%, whatever. I don't know. Feet, feet, ha- feet are awful because you can't do anything. I don't know what he, he's a receiver. Like last time I checked, you need your feet. Put it, have him run routes in a golf cart and just catch the passes. Did you see somebody tweet? I guess Michael Irvin said something like he never needed the jugs machine. He was at camp yesterday. When at somebody's camp Tuesday? Did you see it? I watched it yesterday. He's with Juju. He said I never need the jugs machine because I'm just a natural pass catcher. And then they put him on the jugs machine. and He dropped the first ball. Is that accurate? Well, the, yeah, the, well, the first one, they didn't have it on like super high velocity. So right at the end, kind of like a change up, it just dropped off a little bit. Oh. So I think right as it's going to get him, he had to adjust. And then he's like, keep it going. And then he's like, boom, boom. He's like, right and bite. Okay. But his he actually had an interesting point. He's like, you know what's weird about you younger guys? You spend so much time on the jugs machine. I spent my extra time working on getting open. Like I always just tried to perfect every route. Like that, I. he's like, I... Catching balls was second nature to me, I felt. Gotcha. It was when we did extra time, we would go ballless. It's a great point. Out. I actually thought it was kind it of makes like, a lot of sense. That's one of the deepest things I've ever heard. Yeah. 
Like the because catching of the ball. Like I'm a receiver. Of course I'm going to catch it. That's not the, the, the See, catching he, isn't the problem. It's the getting. Because Michael Irvin's one of the great high point adjust balls in the air. He's he, his point was I'm I'm not that fast. I'm not a blazer. I have to perfect the ability to get over. And he's like, when I played, you could fucking jump on my shoulders and <laughs> the corner down the field. You know, yeah. it was harder. It was it was actually very philosophical, yeah. like kind of football one on one of differences of 20, 30 years. Uh, there's a philosophy that says don't play in the preseason. Rams subscribe to that. We talked about whether or not the uh, 49ers would subscribe to that when it comes to Jimmy G. Doesn't look like they will. You were out at Niner practice on Tuesday. You saw what appears to be a, a fit Greg Papa and uh, what I've seen recently, a very fit John Lund. Uh, and uh, it sounds like Jimmy G is going to play in the second and the third preseason games. Well, in theory, if I told you this was September 24th, just some random Sunday, and we had on this weekend 49ers, Cowboys, Raiders, Rams. That'd be a pretty sweet weekend, right? I'd be pretty fired up. That's what we have. Now, Jimmy's not playing this week. I was a little surprised to hear Kyle say that he was going to play, though I get it. Uh... You just you're gonna to have to put your reps together. Jimmy does not in the game if Joe Staley and McGlinchey aren't in the game. I know that for a fact. So that when those guys play, Jimmy plays, and when those guys come out, Jimmy comes out. Now, how much do you play him? You know, it's easy to say you're gonna play him one series, and then you're like, ah, didn't go well. Yeah, you got a three I, and I out. Kingsbury had a good point. I guess he said the other day he wanted Kyler to come out of the game on a positive note. Because Kyler's going to start preseason game one. And then I was watching this cut-up where a reporter asked him, what does that mean? Like, are you going to try to script a touchdown? He's like, yeah, I mean, after thinking about it, it's football. You can't really control it. If I only want him to get a couple series and we don't move the ball, you can't keep forcing it. So it just, we hope he ends on a positive. It's more I hope he ends on a positive note. Making your last shot before you leave is easy at the gym, but. Well, I think one problem is a lot of coaches, like for Jimmy, in a perfect world, his the first preseason game he plays, game two, you'd be like, I would love him to get one or a couple positive drives, right? Moving the football, hell, even a touchdown or getting me in field goal range. Well, what if you go three and out, three and out? And you were like, we're just going to play him two drives. Sometimes this is where coaches guy can get like, let's just see him one more drive. Yeah. Keep Staley in there. Because as I'm driving home do yesterday... KNBR had Richard Sherman. I'd imagine some people listen to that uh, that radio segment. And Richard was saying, Papa's like, are you going to play? We're just like, I don't know. He's like, do you want to play? He's like, I'll do whatever they ask me to do. But then they go, well, could you, do you need, how many snaps do you need to be ready for the regular season? He's like, I'm ready right now. If we, had a, if we played Sunday, I'd be ready to go. Now, I do think it's a little different for, and Richard guy looks fantastic. Now, Jerry Rice and Odell Beckham and, you know, Randy Moss ain't exactly out at 49er practice, running routes. But he just, it was a joke yesterday in the red zone. It's like, I good. mean, a joke. Yeah, good. It's a positive. He looks awesome. I just wonder how do you balance the Jimmy thing and the reps in, pra- the, reps in the game. Because you're going to want to see him get some reps. Because in fairness, he has not played very much. Just in general in his life in the NFL. So the more I thought about it, I understand getting some reps, especially coming off an injury. You want to see the live stuff. Though I wouldn't do it. I would just go full Rams. I think they've kind of set the tone. It's worked for them. It just works. Because at the at the worst case, even if your guy like is a little rusty, he's at did, least there. Did the Rams do it last? They did it last year. They, they've done it two straight years. 
This, you're saying this will be the third year of it or the second year of it? This will be. This is McVay's third. This is their third year of it. Yeah. Now I I do think Goff played a little two years ago. I, Once Goff established he was good last year, right? He didn't play. A that's kind of what I'm. I just wonder. Like, let's say, let's say the season goes whatever. Jimmy's fine, doesn't get hurt, whatever. Like next year, would he play in the preseason? But I do think when the Rams did it last year, it was still kind of crazy. They're not going to play anybody. Said, nope, nobody. What I think is interesting, though, not as much game two because I think game two it's easy to get them a couple series, get them out. Game three historically has been you play the first half. Some coaches even go, we like getting the vibe in the locker room, get a series coming out of the locker room for the third preseason game, right? To, to get the juices flowing, feel game action. Do you do that for Jimmy? No. <laughs> At the scene of the crime, also. To me, Kansas City. To me, I treat game three the same way I treat game two if I'm them at this point. Like, it is not, Just he's two, not two even Two or three getting, series? He's not getting a quarter in game, two, in game three. He's getting two series in game two. Two in game three, as long as as long as we feel like okay, he's ready for the season. What if you only get one possession in quarter one? One possession. It's the NFL, you know. They're just running the ball. Against Andy Reid, Andy Reid's gonna only have one possession in quarter one. Well, what if your guy like fumbles on a kickoff for you know? You just never know. Well, yeah. What I'm just saying, a couple possessions, whatever that but is. But you just see where. But the, I'm not playing. He's not running four series in quarter one. Of game three, yeah, I'm good. To me, with, to me if you're gonna play, I got. If you're gonna play, I got no problem giving them three or four series by the third. What if like game. the second series is like nine plays, ten plays? Is that good enough for you? Touchdown. T- sure. Pick six. I think a touchdown. I think a touchdown equal touchdown to me equals immediate removal. How about a, how about fifteen play, ninety five yard drive that ends in an end zone pick six. <laughs> he was uh, seven yeah. of eight, but the one he incompletion was a pick six. I mean, see, so you you want to end on that note, guy? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> leave him hungry, you know. Leave him wanting more. Yeah, coachable moment. If let's just get, let's just give that scenario. Fifteen play, <laughs> three yard line. They run a fade or something. It gets tipped. Pick six. Yeah. Do they bring him back out? Jimmy tries to chase the guy down. <laughs> pulls a hammy. <laughs> That'd be bad. Uh, <laughs> To me, if you throw a pick six in the preseason, you immediately, as a quarterback, you should just hit the ground. Run the opposite direction off the field. I don't even know if you run because someone's going to cheap shot you. Uh, how'd, how'd, uh, how'd Bosa look out there? Well, guy, he looks like he's an all-pro. I mean, he's kicking the shit out of everyone. He has, you just kind of talk to people out there, hear some rumblings. They think he's pretty incredible. Richard, even when I, on the radio, again, segment, probably doing huge numbers, mentioned was like I'm not one to blow smoke I'm not one to throw this out but he lo- he does not when you just watch the film when we're in his defensive unit and you watch the front uh, because they asked him well you've been around some great defensive lines you know when you guys signed Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill he's like well ironically those guys didn't even start their first year it was like Chris Clemens and Red Bryant he's like but I'll promise you this Bosa's better than anyone I've ever seen 10 practices in like it's crazy. You would think he's a fourth or fifth year season vet. Now the question on him, guy, was how high was the ceiling? Like he was so pro ready. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be negative. Like I, I'll be the first to admit if he's unreal, which he looks unreal in practice. 
but he was supposed to be kind of good right off the bat. It's like, how good can he get? Like Miles Garrett, for example, when the Browns drafted him, it wasn't like, he is, he, he looks like LT right now. No, you got to mold him, but he's 6'5", 270, runs like the wind, and now every year he's gotten better, and now people feel like he's going to be, sky's the limit. So that, that to me is just the one caveat. But he looks good. Yeah, he looks really good. But it's not like, to me, it's not like, one of the things Richard said was it, his foot speed really impressed him. So he does see physical traits, and it's not like he's going up against some some fifth rounders trying to make the team, right? I mean, he gets matched up with Staley or McGlinchey. Yeah. So it's the only guys he goes against. Yeah. So I mean, like to me, I'd worry. I, I think what you're saying about a ceiling, I think it's totally fair. It's totally fair. But I do think it's promising that it's not like he's just beating up on guys that he's ahead of. Because people say, whatever, the defense is ahead of the offense at this time. But the nice thing is Staley and McGlinchey have been through it. Like, he's not going up against guys who are behind, so to speak, in that way. Agreed. So. I I, I, I do think guy just their defensive line in general looks just fantastic, man. It, it really does. The, the Eric Armstead looks excellent. Obviously, DeForest always looks good. Uh Solomon is a backup, which is kind of nuts. I mean, Solomon Thomas is just, he's just your backup. It's okay if you just, they had to overcompensate for it, but I think drafting Bosa and signing D Ford or trading for D Ford was because they missed on this guy, and even they acknowledged it. Now, he's not as good as those guys, so of course he's the backup, but it's not normal for year three for the third overall pick to be a backup and for it not to be like a major god that was a that was a whiff right like your number 3 overall pick should be your lock starter in theory for 10 years right yeah but i think no, everyone's no. just kind of come to terms with no i know it but feels I mean, at this a, point just given as how bad it's been that if he was like a, a like an a if he's whatever if a if a b minus starter is an a backup if he's an a backup for them that'll feel like a win right like the but yeah. like clearly the goalposts have moved. To me, I I, I, wouldn't, I, would, I wouldn't get into the A range with a, even as a backup. Well, I'm just saying, like if he's an above average backup, is my point. Yeah. Like if he looks like the goalposts have moved on this one clearly. Yeah. And it, if you, if you went well, that that's where I always get back to. If you said, oh, they got this backup fourth round pick a couple years ago, kid from Stanford, pretty good player. They really like him, high character guy. You'd be like, oh, it's a good pick, right? <laughs> right. Right. Great depth. It's a good pick. Like. Akella Weatherspoon, he was a third-round pick their first year. I always struggle with this. Like, is that a good pick? He's a starting corner, but he's a starting corner they're desperately always trying to replace. Yeah, I don't see. I don't think that's a good pick. That's not a good pick if you can't establish you're a good starter. Like, you got to no matter what, you got to play. And at the third, yeah, yeah. It's... Like if Bosa and McGlinchey are great picks, he did have a pick, didn't he? Picked off Jimmy, kind of. Did he? Yeah, but it, I couldn't tell quite what happened on the play. Like it isn't like he jumped to, the route. I think it was just like a to, to me with him. We we're just gonna have to hold out till game start. Like has he improved? Because they're they're acting like he's improved. I don't know. I, I told Papa yesterday just shooting the shit. Like name me a corner. It's the one position you and I have talked about it a lot over the years with instincts and making plays on the ball. That's not something you either kind of come into the league with that or don't. Like most corners, it's not a late blooming position. How many corners do you see? You know, by year six, the guy figured it out. Carlos Sometimes Rogers. Sometimes it happens with quarterbacks, Carl, receivers. Carlos Rogers. He's a rare one. He's a rare one. 
But he was always a starter and just kind and of. And he was playing nickel, right? Yeah, he was just. It was different. He was way like the Niners would die for Carlos Rogers in Washington for Akella Weatherspoon right now. They would die for that. Yeah. He was a he was a flaw. Like part of it also was Carlos Rogers. I'm pretty sure was a top ten pick. So the the expectations and this is back to Solomon, Where right? You go when to you school, take a guy like Virginia or something. Carlos Rogers went to Auburn. Oh. Oh yeah. Okay. Here, here's part of the problem for Carlos Rogers. He was the ninth overall pick in the draft. Yeah. So when you're drafted that high, like Solomon Thomas, it just people expect the moon. And he did. I mean, he started basically his entire career for Washington. Uh, not toward the end, actually. Got benched. Uh, all right. Some other uh, NFL headlines, John. Tom Brady. You, when we were talking about it the last time, you mentioned the rap sheet's tweet. There's basically a contract extension, even though it's absolutely not a contract extension because the contract voids whenever his season ends and he's a free agent and they can't franchise tag him. He's, did you see they're selling the big house that he shoots a lot of like Tom vs. Time at or sometimes he screws around on Instagram in the backyard at? Put on sale. $39.5 million. You want to go in on it? Uh, yeah. Do you think do you think we can come in a little below market? <laughs> do you think they'd accept? Asking price, not. Market. You think they'd accept $77,000? What if we told them... 50 on credit? TB12 could be a lifetime sponsor of the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast. And that will that will more than pay for the house by the end. I, I, I think we got something there. You see, he paid $5 million for the lot. I saw someone tweet. Like, it's not that obscene when you factor in. You paid $5 million for the property. Wait, what, what, so it was, he built on it? Built on it, yeah. I think someone... Said it's hard to keep up because he has so many properties. That that piece of property is three hours away from Foxborough. It can't be. That feels far. Uh, but no, the the next closest property that they have is in uh, uh, Armenia, New York, which I didn't know existed. Three. Oh, so and people that, are basically saying like, "Where's he going to go? Where's he going to live?" I don't think this house is selling tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, you probably once you start staging it, I don't know how many open houses there are. Like, uh, we're but, here for the open house. Yeah, to me, you can't go, we got an open house for Brady this weekend. You couldn't do that, right? How many people would show up? Uh, Sir, do you have a credit report with you? No, I'm just looking around. Honest question. They they just did a normal open house and publicized it online. How many people would show up at Tom Brady's house? A lot of people, yeah. A lot of fucking people, especially Sir, take off your shoes. You would it would have to be like an individual. You're right. You'd have to get some credit checks. Just the amount of people in any neighborhood, regardless where you live, that are lining up for a forty million dollar house is slim to none. Uh, they also own another place in New York City and reportedly have been looking in Greenwich, Connecticut, and Alpine, New Jersey. Whatever that means. I don't know how much this means to Tom. I just stumbled upon this because I was like, when we were talking about Jimmy, who's played ten career games, I thought to myself, how many games do you think Tom Brady's played? 269, so he's played a lot. But then I stumbled upon a number. So he's he's play, he's, he's played almost as many games as uh, Madison Bumgarner has starts. That's what Bumgarner's start number is at? It's like 278. That's pretty wild, isn't it? His NFL.com page, his career stats, is just so long. Because he's got so many seasons. He has 517 career touchdown passes. I'm like, wow, that number's pretty big. So I Google. It's more wins Who than has the most Matheson. career? Who has the most career touchdown passes? It's Peyton. 
at 539. Oh, so he's got him. So so Tom is 22 touchdowns behind Peyton Manning to be the all-time leading touchdown thrower in the NFL. Okay. He's three, but but he's also got Breeze, who's three ahead of him, who's also around. Yeah. So they both could pass Peyton. That might not, if he were to retire, let's say after this season, Breeze probably would not, and he would not have the record, right? Is that fair to assume? Yes. To me, the so one who is, retires first will not have the record. This is more than likely not going to be Tom's record. Probably be Breeze. No one's even close behind him that even matters. So that maybe that doesn't even matter. I don't know if Tom ain't playing. But like get that to record. your th- but no, your theory. I, what's your theory? I do think he'd like to pass Peyton. Yeah. Or there is He's a, a free agent. He's a free agent. You're like, could you see him playing for the Bengals? Hell no. Even if he was willing to like, you guys are gonna get rid of me, you don't want to keep me, let's say Belichick and finally get his what he kind of deep down wants, just to prove that he could win with another quarterback. I don't think the Crafts would allow him to play for another team. And I probably think at this point in time, that's the right move. Like, even if you had one shitty year with Brady, while that would suck, this is our guy. And he's won six Super Bowls here. We're planning on winning a seventh this year. He ain't playing in another uniform. I'm at the point now where I would be floored if he ever plays another uniform. Even if him and Belichick hate each other at this point, I don't think Robert allows it. And I don't think Robert should. And I understand where his point and where he's sitting. Do you agree with that? I agree that Robert should not allow it, yes. Because Bill would allow it. The one thing I just can't quite figure... Bill wouldn't just allow it. I think Bill wouldn't mind like him going to the Dolphins or something. Yeah, like let's say uh, Robert doesn't allow it. We're not trading him, Bill. But Bill doesn't... Something Tom just calls it quits. But then there's a story that Bill doesn't think he can play anymore. Like to me, is there something where Tom's like, no, I'm coming back to prove him wrong for somebody else? That's what I don't know. That's where when we talk about, like, did, did they give him this money because he's about to retire and they know it? Like, has this guy been talking about playing forever for so long and now after a week of practice? In theory. Like, the theory is right. But he is going to be 43. As someone mentioned, I know. he said, I'm going to play five years ago. That was four years ago now. So the times are kind of adding up. And maybe I, Giselle's I on him. To, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, it is a, I am not dismissing that theory. I'm not dismissing the theory. The part of that theory that I don't that I can't quite come to terms with is so they know he's about to retire, so they suddenly just because they like him, give him eight million more dollars, they accelerate the money. Well, it's I not guess, that they like him, he's Tom fucking Brady. Yeah, well, okay. But they they love him. However however much they love him. He's the greatest player in the history of the NFL. I, I get I, I get all of that. And so it's not a bad I'm not saying it's a bad theory. I'm just saying I don't I don't. You don't really need to do it. No, that doesn't mean you don't do it. But I don't. I don't know. I. To me, the fact they give them a bunch of money today, they can give a bunch of money whenever. Like your theory is, they're paying them under the table anyway. So, uh, I don't. I don't know that. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying that that uh, that part doesn't convince me. Well, unless <clears throat> unless he were to like become a GM or own another team. Don't you think he will be on the Patriots payroll at a pretty high number, like a million dollars a year, just like for the rest of his life? Tom Brady, just Robert, whatever yeah. he needs him yeah. to do stuff. Yeah, like he's that level. Right. I think like Will Bill. You know, I can see Bill like I don't even want your money, so you don't have to. I don't have to listen to you anymore. Like I can see Tom and Robert and even Jonathan 
you're going to want to make him a major part of your franchise, right? Every time when Tom's 50 years old and you're having a kickoff with Josh McDaniels week one, you want Tom there. And if that if, if you're paying him $2 million a year for the rest of his life, to you that's nothing. That's a line item as we've seen in the NFL. Your Tom's just easy money. It's like mailbox money of just you do nothing, but you're just paid for what you did. And you did a lot for them. You made them a lot of money. A lot of money. I mean, an astronomical amount of money. They are, I think in that last Forbes top 50, they were in the top 10. I'm pretty sure the majority of our life before Tom showed up, they wouldn't have sniffed probably the top 50, right? Because I think the, the, the word was like 25 of the top 32 teams in the NFL were on that 50 list. So maybe they would have been like on the fringe 50, but they would not have been where they're at now. I mean, they carry themselves like they're the Steelers, the Niners. I mean, they're just an all-time franchise, and it's because of him and Bill. So, Well, there are generations uh, that uh, put them above. There would be like if you're, you know, 21 years old today, you put them above the Niners or the Patriots. Oh, you wouldn't who What NFL team would you even put in their category? If you're if you're 25 years old, my, for, 20, for 20 years you've been watching them. Guy, they've been in nine Super Bowls in 20 years. My youngest sister's 25. You know what conversation I had with her yesterday? Um, hey, you know who Jeremy Piven is? Uh, what's he been in? Uh, you know old school? No, I haven't seen it. Do you know Entourage? Well, I didn't even get to that. I was because the point was you haven't seen old school. And and again, I w- it wasn't one of those like how dare you? I'm like I just realized like she there are a lot of people her age who haven't seen old school because she's seen Wedding Crashers. She's seen like how how many years ahead of Wedding Crashers did old school come out? She'd seen a lot of other. She's seen Step Brothers. Thinks that's funny. Well, think about this. Old school is about 17 years old. Yeah. Okay. So when she was single digit age, so of course, yeah, it's just not on her. It was like in the prime of our life, right? It's not crazy, yeah. yeah. So, but I told her watch it. And, but anyway, well, think how many kids that are like twelve years old. The Warriors are the greatest franchise ever. They're arguing with their friends right now yeah. in fifth grade at recess. Or at they are. School. You're right. That argument is 100 percent absolute. Steph, I, I, I don't, they keep talking about this a guy that quit the Lakers named Magic, best point guard ever. No, Steph Curry. No, Magic's the guy they make fun of on, somebody makes fun of on Twitter. That's who Magic is. Good, good point them. there. I don't think of Magic that way. But. I don't either. Uh, how about the, I love the Aaron Rodgers video. This is my next headline is uh, the Aaron Nagler video of Aaron Rodgers. I didn't even know what they were asking him about, and they didn't really even matter at first. Turns out they're asking about joint practices. And A-Rod goes, I'd be fine if we don't do another one of these for 14 years. And then his coach, Matt LaFleur, not only does he love him, he wants, I want to do two. I'll do three. I'll do as many as we can. Well, if you say that last night is pretty universal, right? Most people hate hard knocks. Wouldn't you say for the most part, it's pretty universal just when you read headlines from coaches, even from some players, like, oh, yeah, those joint practices are cool. We get something out of them. Like, they make sense. I think most people kind of come to grips with, we get what's going on here. Matters to the coaches. We get good work here. Get to see an uncommon opponent. Because a lot of coaches, like, our guys are itching to see someone else. And then they get to see someone else, and most guys like it. He's the first one of someone that matters that I've seen has been, not just, like, I don't want to do it, like, hates him. And I think he's at the point, you and I have been there before, where he's kind of a malcontent. Anything that he thinks they like, he's going to hate. 
I, I don't think he said that randomly. I, 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 my theory right now, I think he hates this coach. I, I think he thinks, I think he was sold a bill of goods that I'm getting this super smart guy because I had Mr. Meathead, which I also didn't like. And I think this guy is a tool. I, I'm telling, in theory, I'm not around no, there. Sort, I, sold no a bill of goods. He, there's a chance he didn't buy the bill of goods to begin with, right? Yeah. He, I mean, he, I don't think he had any pull on this, right? Yeah. So he was given this coach. Everyone's told. He's like, well, this guy struggled in Tennessee. Aaron's, I don't know if he has many friends around the league, but maybe did a little research and like, yeah, you know, Kyle and McVay, they, they liked him, but they never thought he was like their right-hand guy. <laughs> and then he's seeing him practice like, yeah, I don't, this offense, I don't know. He's not letting me audible. Like, bro, I'm fucking smarter than you. I, I, I think this has a chance. I've said it for a while now. Yeah. To be a one and done situation, and he can make it that way because when I say NBA player with AB and get that the uh, trainer, you know, kind of uh, treatment, there's NBA level juice with Rodgers, right? If you can, I, I'm not playing for this guy anymore. Who are they choosing? Uh, well, you—it's obvious that you would take Aaron, but if you if if the situation is that your quarterback has more pull than the head coach, if push comes to shove, then don't you let him help you pick the head coach? Yes. Well, this is the organization. This time. is the organization that pushed Brett Favre out when he was still good. Now they had a good reason to do it, but I'm just—I don't know. Should I assume that Aaron wins a power struggle within I, that organization? When you say still good, I, I think part of it though was remember he was retiring all the time. Yeah, well, he was I just, wearing him out. I just, yeah, yeah, no. It's I'm just saying, like, should we assume that this organization chooses Aaron in a power struggle? It seems like the logical. It is the logical thing to do. But then, if you're going to pick Aaron Rodgers in a power struggle with Matt Lafleur then why wouldn't you just consult Aaron Rodgers when it comes to the coach to begin with? Now, your you, argument would be, well, he won the one with with his last coach. You'd agree if they pick LaFleur, let's say after like a 6-10 and ten year, and they traded Aaron Rodgers, that'd be one of like the biggest NFL stories the last 20 years? Yeah, I'm just saying everything you're saying makes sense. But why would, Tell me this. Why would would, you just what would be the bigger story? It'd just be Them, repla- them replacing Favre. For Rodgers, who was kind of unknown, but he was a first-round pick and he was sitting there the whole time, or them choosing Lafleur and trading Rodgers, some random team. Uh, so that one would be crazier. The bigger story to me, the Favre thing, because it went on for years and it was Brett, and it was that story was just so massive. Yeah, and he had been threatening to retire for a couple. And then he had to plant and... somewhere. Like that story went on for like five years. Remember, he wanted to go to Minnesota. They refused. Like, bro, yeah. we're not gonna let you that go story to Minnesota. Was so he went to the Jets for a year out of like vengeance, and then it was kind of good at first, but then it fell apart, and he took a dick pic and got nailed. But then he ended up in Minnesota, and then the, you got to get the one Minnesota year. He was sweet. Yeah. They didn't went to the NFC Championship game. So I, Bounty I, I don't. The thing's just weird. It's just a weird situation. Yeah, I, I think that Rodgers will win it. But I also just think, in general, if Rodgers is a malcontent with this guy, it won't be the best look for Rodgers, right? No, but also, aren't you just wasting seasons? <laughs> well, guy, yeah, I think he's in kind of wasting seasons mode. Wasn't that what LeBron did last year? Kind of just wasted a year? It's just Like, Aaron, you're not a spring chicken anymore. You're not 28. You're, you're 35 years old. It, it He feels a little just bitter. Like, is he going to do it his way to the detriment of the team? Because if he is, then... From the inside, you go, what do we keep this guy around for if he's not even going to... Well, this is this is always the LeBron thing. If he's good enough, like, can you just carry us to nine wins? Because you have in the past. If you still can, then, yeah, we'll just get... We'll right, it and out. the other part of it is the LeBron aspect of it is like, 
okay, so if you have LeBron, you have to do it LeBron's way. But if you don't do it LeBron's way, you don't have LeBron. Well, and you and you probably lose. Then let's we'll do. Do I want to be the Cavs right now or no? Like, no, yeah. I don't. I'll take my chance. Let's do it, Rogers. Now I also think it's on. It's going to be on the coach to like, yeah, you, you just got to let Rogers give it to you a little bit. It sucks, but it's part of the deal. Well, but this is the difference between just to, just tell your wife and your good buddies that Rogers is kind of a dick. Because that's what you get to do. You just have to vent to someone else. You can't vent to Rogers. Yeah, I mean, look, you, you don't always get to be the head honcho day one. So bide your time, win a bunch of games, let Aaron do his thing, and guess what? But I don't even You'll think be the coach. Being the head You'll be the. What? But I'm just saying, like, do it Aaron's way, dude. He's great. And guess what? If he wins, you'll be the head coach in five years, ten years when he's not there anymore because you will have won him. But, won, I, won but him. I guess that, that's where the that's the fundamental issue. The offense, like the 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 uh, the way the offense is built, there are these no checks and these audibles that Rodgers lives off the audibles. It's like not part of the offense. Like I have, I've brought you the iPad, right? This is the iPad. Well, you want this thing that is not part of the iPad. I'm like, well, bro, that thing, this is the, my iPad's here. Yeah. Like you want this, you, you want this, uh, you want a manscaped. This other apparatus. Yeah. You, you want the manscaped promo code ham. That does not come with my iPad. I, I think that's the problem with LaFleur. Like it, it's just not part of what we do. Like everything I've learned since I've been in the league is this book of the plays. And this is how we run them. And it's worked everywhere I've been with Kyle, with fucking McVay. This is how it works. I don't know how to add the audibles to it because it just it would it would ruin the whole book, right? I think that's the issue, and that's when you get like football nerdy on it. That's the whole like cr- like crutch of the ish problem. Like what what do you do? Because Rogers like well, so the whole offense. Well, that's the offense this guy brings. He doesn't run some other offense, so I, I don't know what he does. I'm telling you, that's why I think they're like kind of up shit's creek without a paddle. Because this guy's going to want a fucking audible. I think there are going to be at points and times, like we read in the article about Rodgers with McCarthy, where it's like, Rodgers didn't even listen to anything. Where, is he just running like, hey guys, let's throw it back to uh, uh, 2013, red slot, 75 razor. Yeah. And like, the, the coaches don't even know what they're doing. And Devontae's like, I got you, dog. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> that's what I see. That's what I envision happening. Yeah. And I'm telling you, that will be the story if that kind of starts getting out, that will be NBA-level drama. Like, Rodgers already doing his own shit by week two. Like, running old-school Packer plays that are not in the offense. LaFleur doesn't know what they're doing. It's going to get crazy. Now, again, it'll need, like, a legit leak because you and I won't be able to tell. Like, if you're just watching, you won't know really what's going on. But here's the curveball. He'll go, yeah, you know him. Yeah. He'll go, yeah, I... Uh, I ended up calling a play that we ran back in 14 that worked well in the uh, in the second round of the playoffs that I, I knew that Devontae knew, and we we just handled it. Mm-hmm. And people be like, what did he just say? Right. That's what I, I'm telling you, guy. That is coming, and I can't wait. Where I can't handle the NBA drama as much anymore just because it's all – like I like on-the-field shit. Or I even like LeBron like not listening to David Blatt. I like that type of stuff. Right. I, I just can't handle like Taco Tuesdays or Rodgers, you know, where he's vacationing. I don't care about that crap. But if you give me, he's running his own plays, like the LeBron well, story. in-game remember? power struggles. Those are the best. Like when Dave Blatt was like, you run the play, and LeBron's like, I'm not throwing in the ball, right? And LeBron flipped the play yeah. on David Blatt. Yeah. I-, I live for that story. Uh, OBJ? Or something else? Uh, what else you got? Yeah, I mean, what was your take on OBJ signing the uh, signing the thing? Guy, he gets driven yeah, to practice. The, my question is, does Odell have a driver's license? 
Has anyone seen I him would, on Instagram? I got to check his Instagram. Does he ever drive himself? Uh, I was BS with Albert Brewer at Niners practice. He told me a story about LSU Pro Day where he went down to, and Odell got out of being driven in a car. So th- there is a chance that maybe he doesn't. I do think the NFL. I, I, I would imagine 99% of guys drive themselves to work. Like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, whoever. Jimmy Garoppolo, the coaches. They get in a car and drive to work like you and I would to go to Like any human. I mean, I don't really have a work to go to. But like, <laughs> get in a car and go somewhere. And that's not what Odell was doing in this picture. He was being driven. And then it was kind of cool. He signed this guy's license plate that had Odell Beckham on the license plate. But, guy, he's being driven around. Like, that's Cleveland. He, he feels like he's carrying himself like he's LeBron immediately in Cleveland. Well, LeBron did kind of earn some juice over the years in Cleveland before he started acting like an elitist. The, the, these towns like Cleveland and the Midwest, when you act like that, I think they turn on you faster when shit goes south. When shit goes... I've got a pic... I've found one picture from uh, uh, January 28th. Actually, it's like five pictures of him posing on a Jeep in the desert, but he's never actually driving it. He's just posing on it. I, there's probably a chance, but could you be on an NFL team without a driver's license? I guess you could have an ID. You need an ID. <laughs> I think, but I think, human like, I think there are a lot of people in New York. Steve Lavin doesn't have a driver's license. He doesn't drive anywhere. But let's say, you know, it's kind of a fad right now to not have a car, just in some bigger cities. And I think you could justify it. I, and I think in New cities. York, historically, people just, that's probably been pretty normal there. People don't drive. Would you say it's probably less normal in, in San Francisco? I'd say it's probably way, the yeah the most normal is the only place I ever hear people consistently say it with New Yorkers. Let's say Guy Haberman took that stance. I'm not going to have a car. Yeah. I'm going to Uber to the Pac-12. I'm going to Uber wherever I'm going in the city. If I come somewhere else, I'll take the train, whatever. Would you still have a driver's license in your pocket? Uh, would I, Yeah, I, would, I like driving. But, but yeah, I mean, I... I just I think some people don't like or maybe you wouldn't be like, able to rent I, I a car. I think people license. have like an expired license, right? Like you haven't driven a car in five years. It's time for your new. So you license. didn't even get a renewal. I I don't know. It's a good question. Maybe someone who. I'm just saying, like. Yeah, you pretty, sold pretty me. I think there. I think there's a chance he's rich a guy. Is here's a picture of me driving. Well, I here's, your, a here's a selfie of him. He could be in the driver's seat in this Rolls Royce. I can't tell, actually. This is from uh, November twenty third, two thousand seventeen. Somebody go check the Instagram. But guy, where the Giants practice, it's in the suburbs. And him, I, where, I mean, because I will say, you know what? He's got to have a driver's license because sports cars are two seaters. Like you're not getting driven around in a sports. Like here he is with like a Lamborghini. Not? Like you don't. What's why the point not? of having that car if you're getting driven? You, you don't ride a shotgun. You want to get out of the back seat. Well, there is no back seat. I think you just ride. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. Odell Beckham, if he didn't have a license, could potentially have driver for the sweet sports cars. Again, he's not living normally. Like uh, 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 Brian Cranston in the Kevin Hart movie, where Kevin Hart, where he's like paralyzed and Kevin Hart drives him everywhere. In this, is that movie? Is that movie good? Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it's Kevin Hart and Brian. Like, just think about this. There's some stuff that's cheesy. Whatever. At the end of the day, it's Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart. Like, both those guys are fantastic. Right? You were legitimately entertained by it. It was a worthy buy. Uh, did I buy it? Like a rental? Yeah. I might have paid five bucks for it. Yeah, I mean. That's what I'm saying. It's fine. R- rent it. Yes. It just Kevin Hart. It, yeah, I was entertained by it. A little sappy. Yeah, there's some cheesy parts. 
because it's like based on a true story. Whatever though, it's just Kevin Hart's funny. Brian Cranston funny. It's funny. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna check it yeah. out. It Other thing be, I noticed. Wait, but hold on though. I just want to address your point. Midwest City don't produce, act like a star, diva, all that. Um, it makes me think of uh, Major League. Willie Mays Hayes right shows up in the limo, to spring training, the whole deal. Uh, great player, did a movie, like the whole... I, I think they're so starving for a good football team. And I don't know how good they'll be, but if Odell's just good... Um, but, but that's my point. What if he's not, like, quite as good? Like, new, the Giant, check out his numbers in New York. He wasn't always just 10 catches a game. Yeah. Now, part of that was Eli, but he he had some 77-catch seasons. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm an Odell as a player. I think he's as elite... He's more talented than Antonio Brown. Now, Antonio Brown produces more because he stays on the field up until his feet peeled off. The thing was LeBron did embrace Cleveland as his city, right? Like, but that was his city. No, no, I know, and I know. He, and he proved his way with them before he got super, super big. His ego actually was much bigger, right, when he came back. And then definitely once he won it. But, like, he had earned a lot of equity for a long time as you and I are in college just watching Cleveland Cavaliers games thinking probably, like most people, this is the best motherfucker playing player I've ever seen in my life. Like, is this guy better than Michael Jordan? In like 07. And they are clearly thinking that. So, like, Odell's kind of coming in just off hype. Just off hype. Like, even Baker kind of produced for him last year. Gave him hope. Right. On their team. Odell really has done nothing beside be traded to the Browns, a place I think it's fair to say would not have been his first choice. <laughs> fair. I just... I think it has a chance to be a little weirder than people think. Yeah. It's going to be just seamless. I'm on board with that. Uh, Chris Carson said yesterday that Brian Schottenheimer, the offensive coordinator for Seattle, who has been notoriously just like a three, call, uh, three yards cloud of dust type coordinator, just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. So they're doing a lot of exotic stuff, flexing their running backs out. They expect big things from those two guys. Carson had 1,100 yards last year. Chris Carson's just a good player. They drafted Rashad Penny in the first round. And last year, guy, he barely ran for over 400 yards. Now, in limited touches, he did have four touchdowns, and he almost averaged five yards a carry. I liked Rashad Penny out of San Diego State. First round, little bold. But could they have a two-headed monster? I mean, they do have a first-round pick and this guy that is just good. And they want to run the ball. So you would say, well, if you, usually guys get better if they have a down first year, high picks. You know, they show if they're gonna show something, it's that first year to second year. Mm-hmm. What if they just have a pretty nasty running game with those two guys? I mean, you know, for being a three yards in a cloud of dust guy, like I'm just looking back, Brian Schottenheimer, twentieth in rushing offense, nineteenth in rushing offense. 19th well, that's a knock on him. Like in rushing offense, twenty second. But then there was the Jets, fourth, first. Ninth, three years in the top ten in a row, right? Two thousand. In, in, in fairness to him, those were his best teams. Yeah, I mean that kind of chicken or the egg, right? Like, well, he had great players. Well, yeah, okay, and he made he did did what he was supposed to do with them. Who would Bill Walsh be with Guy Haberman? I don't know, like Tom Sula. Yeah, he had Jerry Rice, but it's part of the way it works. Uh, Ladanian Tomlinson in two thousand and we're going way back here. Is LT already in the Hall of Fame, John? Uh, Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah. <laughs> If your if your argument is low, like, low introduced him. Well, I, I'm just I'm my point being like I'm reading stats of a guy that's already been out of the league long enough to be in the Hall of Fame. 
Uh, Ladain Thomas had 79 targets in uh, 2010. What year was that? 09? 2010. And that was when he was old. In fairness, well, here, here's was, you know that's not a bad. He was ex- a first ballot guy. Not a bad example though, John. So that year, Ladain Thompson had 15 attempt, rushing attempts per game, and uh, Sean Green had 12 rushes per game. I don't even remember that guy. Two ends. Yeah, these guys are better, in theory, because LT was really old. That was his last year, but he was still a productive player. The year before to that, me, they, they had three. Guys, they had sorry, they had Thomas Jones, twenty-one carries a game. Leon Washington, ten carries a game. Sean Green, eight carries a game. The year before that, and they ran. The, they were a top-five team that year. Uh, I think they were fourth in rushing that year. And then the year before that, I'll give you or in offense. And then the year before that, I'll give you one more. Two thousand eight. Uh, it was Thomas Jones. Uh, That was a lot of Thomas Jones. 18 attempts per game by far and away led the team. Well, the one thing we know about Pete Carroll is he kind of wants to play like Rex Ryan, right? Run the ball, control the clock, play defense, make it ugly, win a fist fight. That's that's his Pete Carroll's wet dreams, thinking about football that way. You don't draft a first-round running back if you don't. Yeah. Unless you're Belichick, and I don't – that pick kind of made sense, but it kind of didn't. But it turns out that guy was just good. Value pick. Yeah, he just the highest guy on his board. So I, I keep an eye on those two guys. Okay, I like it. Keep an eye on. Keep an eye on. Uh, you want to talk about LeBron real quick? Uh, yeah, I do. Because I got triggered by LeBron being triggered. So they're calling it the uh, Rich Paul rule, which I don't even want to call it that. But LeBron, Rich Paul doesn't have a college degree, which is part of his success story. And uh, the NCAA... <laughs> Has a uh, new rule, John. Yeah, he's, he's part of his success story is LeBron James. Yeah, it's a part. All these things are <laughs> not equal parts of the story. And I'm not even trying to hate. I mean, I, they're, they're all parts of the story, just not equal parts of the pie. So the NCAA has now allows basketball players to have agents consult with them, to have agents help them, to have an agent if they enter the draft and then decide to come back to college. Right, you can do that. You do. There's unlike the NFL, you can go to the NBA combine and come back if they tell you you're not going to be drafted, right? Yeah, but you have to be. In, that's one of the keys too, right? You have to be invited to the combine. Uh, well, there's two things. You can either explore it and then come back, or you can you can even go undrafted and then come back. But the only guys that can go undrafted and come back are guys that has were also previously invited to the combine. So okay. th- just anyway, but. The NCAA is saying there are some guidelines now for the agents that you're allowed to deal with. They have to have passed an NCAA test. If, I think they have to be a certified NBA agent. And they have to have a college degree. And LeBron is taking this as a personal affront to Rich Paul, that this is the Rich Paul rule. Well, the NBA, because the NBA agents hate Rich Paul. So I think he's kind of equating the two. And I think LeBron, this is, has nothing to do with the NBA. The NBA does not give a shit what happens in the NCAA. They clearly draft all you guys really high, and you guys break NCAA rules every year. We see that. We have documented instances of these guys taking a lot of money, and I don't care either. I, we all, I, I don't care about the NCAA. But these guys are making this out to be against Rich Paul. One, this rule is completely based on, for the most part, for the testing, the quote-unquote testing the waters guy, is a fringe NBA prospect, right? Or a young player that is not even close to his NBA ceiling as a prospect. 
So he's probably not going to get drafted really high. Well, yeah, I think one thing we've seen is that guys who go into the process, by and large, who and, – and I, I saw a lot in the Pac-12 this year, who people thought initially, like, this could be close to lottery picks. It turned out they weren't lottery picks. Still went to the draft. Ended up being late first, second rounders. Stayed. Did not – decided, even if that was the feedback they were getting, fine, I'm going to the NBA. So you're right. It, this is not – like, this is a ton of guys – are doing this and most of them are just staying in the draft but here's what i know about rich paul his clientele has consisted of like his main nba prospect last year was the kid at vanderbilt who played like five games and was still a top i think he went sixth like the, rich paul and lebron and clutch are going after max clients and another pet peeve of mine they all hate us we're disrupting well yeah lebron you are stealing players, which again, this part of the deal. It's a shady part about being an agent. You're not just stealing like a random NBA player. You are stealing countless max guys the year before they're going to get their max. So yeah, they fucking hate you, the other agents. But this doesn't have anything to do with those type guys because you're going after max guys and top ten picks. Zion, uh, who they have this year, the Garland, and they had Cam Reddish. Like, those guys aren't... Cam Reddish ain't testing the waters, right? So what... The the Rich Paul rule, and Jeff Goodman tweeted something earlier, like, the Rich Paul rule is silliness. This is about all the other loser scumbags. Rich Paul is getting premium players. This is for the guys that Draymond Green wouldn't talk to if you paid him to talk to him. Like, guys, you have max players. And this... I think this is a bigger... A bigger NBA issue... Of the NBA's best player, we think still, the NBA's most powerful player and most famous player who is just exhausting guy with a victimhood. And the NBA, and my thing with it right now, I love the sport. A lot of people our age group are being really turned off. I have a lot of friends that don't watch the sport anymore. They can't handle it. They think it's just the end, the product during the regular season sucks. People that have paid the games and these guys load managing. It has become the It's become golf super super rich it's like the country club only a small percentage of people that come in and then they not even treat people well like these players just the way they act like LeBron and his crew the way it's just like it's just such a turnoff. like what the fuck is wrong with you guys just act normal and LeBron used to be normal I love LeBron I think he's jumped the shark into just weirdness of just I'm always getting fucked we're always getting screwed they're out no LeBron you're gonna be a billionaire Rich Paul made it. You guys are crushing it. Life is good. Yeah, there are roadblocks in any business for people starting out. Welcome to life. But to always complain when you're, we, we currently have a society that always like, oh, we don't want to hear from the rich people. We don't want to hear from the rich people. And LeBron is like richer than most rich people. Is constantly gets to complain. Guy, he his Instagram last night after Taco Tuesday was like, this Tuesday wore me down. Because of some stupid rule that LeBron does not impact your business. Well, so, I yeah, LeBron is drama. I don't think people don't watch the NBA because of the drama. You listed a lot of other legitimate reasons to stop load management. The stars don't play. The regular season hasn't mattered for five years, it feels like. All that stuff, I think, is legit. I don't think people are not watching the NBA in any significant or even minorly significant number because LeBron's annoying. Um and I do well, think no, that, because people do watch LeBron. I'm not saying that. I'm so, saying more. Just they, they get worn out by just the fluff that comes. Yeah, but the I, NBA. I, yeah, yeah. I, but I also find it like I just I avoid a lot of it. I'm not. Again, it's like just it's everywhere, so you can't. 
It's unavoidable, guys. Well, it's, I, but I just don't engage. Like to me, it's I, I hate it. Like it drives me nuts. So I, I have just started instead of engaging and being that just because I don't think most people like my dad loves the NBA. He watches a ton of NBA. He doesn't spend his day on Twitter, and he's not really that locked in on like who's the drama, and like he's happy that way. So uh, the bullshit. Because he's drama. just texting you like, God, did you see Darren Fox tonight? Yes, he he's always yes, he just he's always texting about like. Who's free agents and God? Do you think Marvin Bagley can be a really good player? Yeah, it's just very pure. He's just, yeah, he's just watching games. That's all. He's just watching games, which I do think is most people. But yeah. at social media is not like some like there's a lot of people on that too, so it's not nothing. Um, and he's I got 50 million followers, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think by and large, LeBron. This one's about Rich Paul to him. I've been around so many coaches. They never talk about specific agents. They just, they really do. And I generalize. know this is hard for people. Huh? They generalize them. Well, I know this is hard for people, but I think there's a line for them between real agents and like what they would call street agents, right? Like, what's, would you consider that the runner? Just not real agents. <laughs> yeah. And there are some agents that they think are shady, and there's some agents that they think are legit. And, that's just they, but they know that they're all part of the ecosystem. Um, I see. I'm but, always confused on what the runner is. I, I don't really get I, the, because the, there's no clear. It's it's a mess. I mean, it's a free for all. But when I the, I've talked to a mil- coaches about this for years, and I think this is this is where people lose me a little bit with the NCAA. I think it's legit to say this rule that you hate this rule. Now, I do think that. A lot of the stuff the NCAA does is to maintain its power, no doubt. And there's a lot of stuff, a lot of people making money off people, and they're they're swimming in cash, and they're not earning the cash. Like, there's a lot of that shit. But I also think there are people, you've worked around a ton of coaches. There are people that really do care about the players. And I think if we got people in the room that really cared about the players, but also work for the NCAA, and some people, it's hard for them to work, to bend their mind around. There are people that make money from the NCAA and also care about players. That does exist, Okay. I think there are a lot of those people that are afraid of players getting into bad situations for themselves. Did you see the article in Bleacher the other day about James Williams, the running back from Washington State, who left school early? Cannot, no. can't get a forget about making a roster, John. He can't get into anybody's camp. He, Why not? He was like, in a no, camp. No one thinks he's any good. Yeah, he was in camp for like a minute with somebody, but he can't. He's not on a roster right now. He left school. And he would have been. He would have been Wazoo starting running. Yeah, back he left after year. his junior year. So. I think I do think when you talk like you worked with a ton, you've been in college, you've been to a ton of coaches. There are a lot of them who care, who just don't want players to make bad decisions. So that exists. So I understand why they have this. That said, you could convince me. You know what? If people are going to make bad decisions, that they have the right to make a bad decision to hire an agent. They have a right to take advice from whoever they want to take advice from, and just I, let I, every let it let it be a free for all. You could make that case. Fine. So I don't. But my ultimate point on this, it's not about Rich Paul, and I don't buy that it's about Rich Paul. I also think LeBron does want to be the Pied Piper for the generation of players that doesn't let the NCAA dictate to them their future, and I do kind of respect that. And uh, right, but or, they don't. right or wrong, huh? But the NCAA really doesn't. Well, impact but any no, guys I mean, they, you have to go to college. You don't get to make for money eight, out of for eight months. Okay, but whatever. It's not. I. It's. But not isn't that an NBA rule, choice. guy? What's that? Isn't that an NBA CBA rule? Not an NCAA. Yeah, it's partly NCAA an, yeah, it's, yes, that. they've absolutely worked together on it, and I think it's going to change. But I think LeBron's whole thing is not just those guys. It's also about you can't make money while you're in college, even though everybody else can make money while they're in college. So 
Look, he's a he. I, I do think a lot of things sometimes require somebody who's powerful and rich to change them, and that's who he wants to be. And I think a lot of him is drama, and I don't think this is about Rich Paul. And uh, I do see the value in the rule. Uh, well, I'm the kid Rich you're Paul, talking about but, from Washington State. Yeah, I'm going to assume, like any underclassman, even if you're, I'm trying to think who was the number one overall pick in last year, Kyler Murray. He was an underclassman. You put in your name, right? They all, you have to. Like in late December, he got the feedback. I would imagine they go, "Bro, you're a seventh round undrafted yeah. free agent." He might. He, I, I would. He be might not be a good floored. example. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Like, I think it is a good example. If Mike Leach and the NFL board go, listen, I would not come out. You are an undrafted free agent. You're not even a lock to make a get to a camp. And he doesn't listen. And I think this happens in basketball a lot too, where they go, "Listen, you might not get drafted." And like you said, a lot of guys in the Pac-12 and all over college basketball just come out. And then they're like in the G League, and then they don't ever get a play. They're not listening to anyone, so you're going to want to believe what you want to believe at that period of time. Which, t- and I think, the, in fairness to the NCAA, you could take a step back. They're actually just trying to make it like so. It's only the legitimate, like Tom Condon or Bartlestein or the big NBA guys. They don't want to fuck with that guy, but, but, right? Yeah, but John, like, I think the counter argument was like, well, aren't you legit? Do you have to have a college degree to be a, an NBA agent? Well, obviously not because Rich Paul is one. So, uh, the, like the counter argument would be like, wait a second, what does the college degree have to do with anything? He's a if you're a licensed NBA agent, you can be an NCA consultant or whatever they're calling it, right? But I saw Gottlieb tweeting about this. And I thought he kind of made some fair points. Mm-hmm. There are just rules and businesses in a lot of different fields where you just have to have a degree. Is it right or wrong? What do you need a college degree to be a college head coach? You need a college degree, like. You need one to be work in certain state jobs. You need one to, you know, uh, obviously be doctors and stuff like that. Yeah, lawyers. this just, to me, I'm, like I said, you, you've already been licensed. You've been like, you can't get a doctor's license if you haven't passed your tests. But these guys, if you've, if you've passed your, your NBA test, why would you need a college degree? It does seem But again, weird. this I, is I don't, only for testing the water guy. No, no, so, yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get all of that. I'm just saying that specific thing, if it were up to me, if, I would just say, are you a college? Are you an NBA licensed agent? Did you pass an NCAA rules test? You don't need a college degree. Like you just, you're an NBA agent. Well, here's why I think LeBron thinks it. Well, I mean, it's, I know it because he fucking tweeted it. Was because the kid last year that was supposed to go to Syracuse that backed out last minute yeah. and they gave a they gave the million dollar internship to. Him. Yeah. Clearly, a probably a lot of coaches, and I would imagine one of the most powerful coaches. Could you argue a top five powerful broker in all of college basketball, Jim Beheim, had to be furious, right? Had to be really mad. Well, who has a lot of pull? Probably Jim Beheim. And it does feel, and they think, but I'd go, that kid didn't test the waters. He just left the goddamn NCAA. He, he is not, he has nothing to do with this. Now, that situation, Jim Beheim, you could convince me he was mad and he went after Rich Paul. But that kid... You could convince who, me of that, too. But that kid, I don't even... Was he just drafted, I would imagine, somewhere? Was he? I don't he, know. I, I don't even know. I don't even... I'd never even heard of him. I mean, I'd heard of him last year when he pulled out of Syracuse because that was a pretty big story. But that's not... That's not... That doesn't fall under the umbrella of this rule. He wasn't a... They thought he was a one-and-done type guy. And so they basically just said, screw the man, screw the NCAA, let's go to China, or let's go train, or whatever the hell they did. At New Balance internship, they give you a fake job for a million bucks. What that, that's not this situation. So everyone's like, they, they, they're rough on the feather. You can do that with any kid they want now. That's happened before. He was Didn't that the, happen uh, with Brandon Jennings? 
Didn't happen to who? Didn't Brandon Jennings not? Did he go to college or didn't he circumvent it? Hasn't there been a guy before? Well, there, been, well, there was. Yeah, he went over. Uh, Jeremy didn't Jeremy Tyler go overseas? There been a there's few. There's been guys. multiple guys to do that. Guy. It's uh, not, it's Darius not. Basley, the 23rd overall pick by the uh, uh, Jazz. Uh, by the Jazz, he's on the Thunder. <laughs> he get traded about seven times on a draft day. Don't worry though. The, N- the NBA loves their players. They trade them like cattle on draft night, but. Everyone's like, I, I can't wait till LeBron owns a team. It just cuts guys. Oh, well, she trades them now. Yeah, well, He's exactly. Doing but it. That's, that's why LeBron's a hypocrite. But that, my, my point is that guy was never going to be a quote-unquote testing the waters guy. So they, they think that it was because of that situation, and maybe indirectly it was, but that situation has nothing to do with like what the NCAA is now regulating. That guy doesn't fall under that category. That guy didn't yeah, test I the think, waters I, last I year. I think the core of LeBron's thing is like you're saying only people with college degrees have the ability to uh, educate, uh, to have the ability to do this job, and I, and we have evidence that you don't have to have a college degree to do this job. That's and I that's would say we point. all agree with that. Yes. So that that's why ultimately, even though I think he's drama, I don't know why that I don't think that needs to be part of the rule. And maybe you kind of convinced me. Maybe it is. Maybe what? Maybe it is all about Rich Paul. Maybe the, the because, NBA people all think it because is because if there's not really any scenarios where this where this is an issue, then it's just about sticking it to him. But my my issue with LeBron and just Rich Paul in general is how they can't grasp because like I'm sure Draymond. Because to your point, it's not just Bayheim, right? Wouldn't it be all the other agents saying this guy's bad news? Well, because if I had Draymond Green, is there a way to get I'm back BJ, at him? And I'm BJ Armstrong, who happens to be black, and even I'll give Rich Paul credit. Because LeBron has said it's all race, and and Rich Paul in that SI article was like, yeah, there was like a handful of powerful black agents that were stealing clients from. So it has nothing to do with it. This is just they hate me because of who I am and LeBron. But when you steal clients, they did it with Anthony Davis, they did it with Draymond Green. It's not just when did Draymond Green join Clutch? Like three months ago, guy. What did he just do? Signed for a hundred million. Imagine if Guy Haberman was representing Draymond Green for the first seven years of his career. And he's about to sign the biggest deal of his career, and he leaves you three months before he signs that thing. If you're that guy, if you have Draymond Green, you probably have some other decent clients, you are furious. And this is this is not new. People hated Rosenhaus has been doing this for 25 years in the NFL. Like LeBron, yeah, other agents are going to hate you. You're stealing their fucking clients. It's like it, it, stealing their bit. It'd be like if someone stole E's. And he's just like, you know, we're leaving you for another podcast. And that podcast, like we thought they were our podcast friends or something. That's not a great idea. But you get what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't understand why they can't grasp why everyone hates them. You're stealing their business. That's, that's what you're doing, LeBron. So, yeah, I get you're disrupting. You're also stealing. So, I understand whether I don't care. Like, the, Draymond can go to you. What it, it's his choice. But I understand why Draymond's ex-agent or Anthony Davis' ex-agent or John Wall's ex-agent, the year before or six months before they're going to sign their Supermax, hate your guts, right? Is that understandable? And that's clearly they don't. Yeah, but I mean, like, all this this stuff is fluff. Like, what are we, are we talking about is LeBron dramatic, or are we talking about is the rule good, or what, you know, it's like, I just think it's all part of the the Rich Paul clutch, like, they're changing the game. We've never seen anything like this before, Disruptor. Like, eh, kind of. I mean, people have always stole clients. <laughs> yeah. But I think at this this rule, though, at the end of the day, I think changes their business model zero. Zero. Because I don't think they were ever messing with this kid. You know who they're going after, guy? Max clients. Max clients. Or guys 
like fringe NBA guys like KCP that they know that they can bend teams over when LeBron's on and get fifteen million a year. They're, they're, how many veteran minimums have they signed? Like that, they're not messing with that guy. How many undrafted free agents does a clutch roster have? They're not screwing around with that guy. And in fairness, I, I give them credit. Don't waste time on that guy. There's no point. They deserve credit on that one. They're not signing second rounders. They'll sign a second rounder. His name's Draymond Green, and he's all you know an All NBA defensive guy, and they'll max him out. That's who they want. Yeah, but in fairness, John, if at the end of the day this rule was created as a shot at them, then then I would complain about it. Whether that, whether it affects you or not, if they specifically took aim at you, now maybe you deserve it because you stole whatever. It's just part of the mudslinging that goes on. Uh, I'd complain about it too. I agree, but if you're getting mudsling at let's say our podcast, someone's slinging mud, but it doesn't affect us one bit. I mean, it doesn't change the partners we you, we link up with, the content we do. You're wasting time getting worked up over it. I, I'd argue. Like it's just it's pointless. Like there, there are things. If let's say, well, they but banned. I but I think they could be like, look. So you're saying like ten years? I we expand and we are now so, we we got a ton of we've gotten so big. It's not there's just not enough. We've got every max guy. There's no max guys left. Now we're getting everybody. I'm just we saying got a monopoly. I, well, I'm just saying like w- w- this rule to hold us out from doing something. So what if we're do if we're not even doing it? Who cares? Like. But as Goodman tweeted, they, they have other agents on the staff. They can just have another guy rep them to hold it. It just feels like if they feel like it's a personal shot, which you've kind of convinced me it is, then I say fight fire with fire. But wow. Just get just the guy at each other. in the league and yeah, he's good. Whatever. I don't, I don't know. Stay woke. I, I, I do think there is like, wait a second. What are you if, – if, you, if I'm a totally legitimate agent, what are you limiting the player's choices for when the NBA says I'm a legitimate agent? What, what, like, leave it up to the players. Why are you limiting who they can talk to? Like, it's one thing to limit it to only people who have the degree. Like, what matters is the degree that the NBA gives you as an agent, not the college now, he, degree. Here's where I would... The degree I'll, you got from Consumers River College. Like, what the fucking difference does that make? Let's say the rule was an agent without a degree could not enter a college campus or enter a game. I'd be like, well, that's a shot at Rich Paul, right? That wouldn't even be arguable. I think this one, as Jeff Goodman tweeted, is more about fluffier shit and probably stuff that doesn't matter as much than specifically Rich Paul, given how they've run the business for the last eight that's years. My, that to was me- why I originally thought, but again, it's like, you, you do, and then I realized you have to be an age, a real agent anyway. Like, you can get, like, you have to be an NBA agent, right? You have to be certified. Yes. So, what are we talking, like, who cares if you got a college degree? Like, Every other walk of life, nobody. I mean, out. You just. You, I don't. What well, feel? It feels like Beheim, Beheim wrote that. That's, that's what I'm saying. Now it's like, okay, if you're a doctor, yeah, it's that's a different animal. But but isn't it fair to understand why Beheim hates Rich Paul? Totally. He stole their guy. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if if he's going to play that game, then then all bets are off. I'd say he stole my guy, so I'm rich. I'm Jim Beheim. When you steal people's guy, you get mad. And here's the other. But, thing. Rick, but Jim, how many guys have you stolen? They just you're not well, an agent. You just stole him from I, another ben program. Jim would say, you know, we pay for him, so we weren't getting that guy free. That's hey, LeBron, ask your buddy Carmelo. How was his year here? It was pretty good <laughs> on multiple fronts. Well, do you think Darius Basley just made New Balance their million dollars back? I doubt it. Well, not yet. But did he sign with New Balance? I was thinking this last night. I didn't even check. Are we one like how mad would you be if New Balance if he signed with like Adidas? Well, maybe they would argue we got our money's worth because we got a bunch of attention. I don't know. 
Now, I would imagine if you're rich, you wouldn't mind expanding a little bit, right? Having a guy with a bunch of different companies. So you'd probably want that guy with New Balance. Isn't that, is that what Kawhi's with, New Balance? Uh-huh. I'm trying to find Maybe it was a play to try to get Kawhi to come to the Lakers. Maybe it was a deeper thought to it all. Maybe. You never know with these NBA guys. Okay. Well, I just don't. You know, a lot of people with bachelor's degrees who doesn't it doesn't mean anything that they have a degree. But I'm not arguing that the degree. I, That's I got, all I'm saying. I'm looking at two degrees. They don't mean a goddamn thing on my wall. Like I have a graduate degree. I I don't even know how I got into Cal Poly. How do I have a second degree? I mean, now it was a borderline joke degree. I you are. I am not arguing with you that that piece of paper means a goddamn thing because I mean I think it means negative in most of the most parts of walks of life. Now, it does matter for lawyers and doctors and stuff, but I think degrees are worthless. I, I'm not arguing that point. I, I don't think they – like, I think LeBron never stepped foot on college. I think LeBron's a pretty bright guy. You know, I think – you know, I, I'm not – I do not I, – I think education pretty overrated in the sense of, like, college I think education, education which is, you, is critically important, there. but uh, – what you, But, but, I, what but yes, I meant, like, college, college education, what you're actually learning there for specific jobs and stuff. Well, I don't mean, like, <laughs> reading and learning math. Yeah, I think there are a lot of people without degrees that are smart and people with degrees that are dumb. Yeah. My education take is on college, what you learn in college, not what you're taught in, like, fifth grade. Like, there, are, you need to be able to read. You need to be able to function in society. If you have a high school degree, I think you can. I think uh, the college experience is up to the user, but nobody should be eighty thousand dollars in debt to have that option. That's what I completely think. agree. Uh, no okay, book well, should cost one hundred and eighty dollars for a college student. It's fucking criminal. Percent. You really quick. You, you got to want to tell the people on Haberman to YouTube tomorrow Thursday night, John. The exclusive game for yeah. Giants. Exclusive. Who? This is what the word exclusive actually means. You can only get something in one place. That who who are they playing? Uh, Giants, Phillies, Madison Bumgarner Ooh. on the mound, on the bump, John. Been a, a rough August as far as the recording of this podcast. One and five, I think, of the month. So if there's like a walk-off or something, you will interview the guy on the sideline? Well, see, so it's games on YouTube. I'm the, side, yeah, I'm the field reporter. Uh, it's comp. I, I don't know. That's the way it was with Facebook last year. But this year, there's two post game interviews: one on the headset with the guys in the booth, and then one that I tape. So somebody hits a walk off. I'm guessing he's on the booth broadcast, and I get the guy who like walked to start the inning. What would it take for you to get Bryce Harper? Yes, I don't know. Good question. See, does he want to come on the podcast? I'll ask. Yeah, tell him we'll meet him Friday somewhere. Vote says he's in. He's loyal. Yeah, vote. Talk to vote for a while. Ka- Kapler, Kapler. Can't wait to see him in person. <laughs> Someone in Philly that works for the Eagles that's kind of just knows is like they think he is just. I mean, I'm pretty sure he has shortlist pictures on his Instagram. I don't know if the players love him. I mean, how could you? I'll go to the Instagram. The, the, the Phillies are. Do you think he uses? Uh... Now they might make the playoffs. Oh, there's. But to me, manscaping is not like that's that's the least of Kapler's problems, right? Most most humans manscape because if you're just a normal human, you get kind of hairy. It gets it gets just absurd or super hairy hair. In some people's case, you're super hairy. Hey, uh, all right, the uh, the promo. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Manscaped.com, promo code ham, and ease.com, easewellness.com, promo code ham. Go get it. See you at uh, 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 Outside Lines, too.
Yeah, I'll see you there. I'll see you Friday. We'll do another pod. Okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.